Jiminy Crickets. Jiminy Cricket is the name. I'm a happy-go-lucky fellow. Always getting in wrong for singing my song. A merry old soul am I. Jiminy Cricket is the name. I'll be hanging around this evening. I'll be tipping my hat and telling you that Jiminy Cricket is the name. Hello, Cricketeers, and welcome to a new episode of Dateline Jiminy Crickets. And we have a special guest this week. I'd like to introduce you to Michael Renfro. How are you doing, Mike? Great, Chris. Glad to be back. Yeah, Michael was on our original show, Jiminy Crickets Live, back when we were doing it live. We'll do it live! And, <laughs> and um, so this is his first time on Dateline, but it's it's welcoming back a friend because he has been with us before in a roundabout way and he is also uh a uh travel planner for a company called concierge that we're a proud affiliate of and we're going to be talking about some travel tips and whatnot for the upcoming star wars galaxy's edge so we thought it would be the perfect time to bring Michael back, and of course, we're joined by the hostess with the mostess, Ruthie Brown. How are you doing, Ruthie? I'm good. Hello, Cricketeers. <laughs> so we have a lot to cover this week, but before we get started, we have a very special announcement. Dateline Jiminy Crickets proudly endorses Concierge Vacation Planners a Disney-authorized specialty vacation planning service. Concierge doesn't just book your trip, they walk you through the entire process, helping you plan out every detail, one-on-one, -on -one, to make the very most out of your vacation while saving you both time and money. And the best part is, they charge nothing for their services. You will get the exact same pricing as if you booked your vacation directly through Disney. But in using Concierge's expertise, you've got the added bonus of having your very own personal Disney Guru Planner by your side. Both Ruthie and I are also satisfied customers, and we just can't recommend them enough. Visit their website at www.concierge.com. That's www.concierge.com, as in mouse ears. So when you book your next Disney vacation, be it Walt Disney World, Disneyland, the Disney Cruise Line, or many of the other Disney destinations available worldwide, contact Concierge Vacation Planners, and be sure to tell them Disney Chris sent you. From the far corners of the Earth, from across the seven seas, the news of the day for the leaders of tomorrow. The Mickey Mouse Newsreel, dedicated to you, the leaders of the 21st century.
Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Opening May 31st at Disneyland Resort and August 29th at Walt Disney World Resort. So, as you can see, we're going to be talking about Star Wars this episode. And it's basically... We got bombarded with a bunch of Star Wars updates over the past couple weeks. And just when you think it's over, they dump a whole bunch of more information on us. So we kind of thought it would be a good idea to sort of drop anything else and just talk about Star Wars for a full episode. And there's a lot to talk about. And I have lots, lots of fun pictures. And we're going to kind of give you a rundown of everything that has been brought up so this is a great one-stop information place to get all your uh, Star Wars details and be completely up to date so by the time we end you will be fully um, educated in what to expect for the new Galaxy's Edge and first of all um, just when we like I said just when you thought everything had been said that needed to be said at this point uh, they had a shareholders meeting and uh, they announced that the opening dates are going to be a lot sooner than we originally thought. We were thinking like late June for Disneyland and like around November for Walt mm -hmm. Disney World. But now Disneyland's actually opening in like a month and a half from now, which is crazy. And Disney World is opening at the end of the summer. So, they bumped up the opening dates, and everybody's all excited. So, Ruthie, what articles did we use to talk about these opening date announcements and all the stuff that was said during that shareholders meeting? We used a couple of official Disney news articles. The first one is titled Star Wars Galaxy's Edge Open May 31st at Disneyland Resort, August 29th at Disney's Hollywood Studios by Thomas Smith. He's the editorial content director for Disney Parks, and this article was from March 7th. And then the other one is titled Just Announced Opening Dates for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland and Disney's Hollywood Studio by Beth Diekman. D23, also from March 7th. So, Star ironically, Wars... Oh, set, go ahead, Michael. Sorry. I was just going to say, ironically, I think March 7th was the last time I got a full night of sleep. <laughs> right? So, right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Lots of great stuff since then. So, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, like we said, is opening ahead of schedule. May 31st in California and August 29th in Florida. So, the official statement by Bob Iger is it's opening early because of high guest interest in experiencing this new immersive land. So, it sounds like a lot of promotional gobbledygunk. It's going to open early because they finished it early and for no other reason as far as I'm concerned. Um, and they want to get money in the bank after all that money they spent on creating it. The sooner it opens, the sooner they start raking in the bucks <laughs> and boy are they going to rake in the bucks on this I, I'm predicting so um, now this is going to open in phases so when the land opens basically the entire land as far as I can tell will be open with the exception 
of the attraction Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. All the shopping, all the restaurants, and the um, Millennium Falcon, or no, Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run will be open. The one that won't be open is the, uh, what's Rise, the other one called? Rise of the Resistance. Ra that's right. the one that won't be open. So everything mm -hmm. but Rise of the Resistance is going to be open. Now, they didn't give us a date yet on when Rise of the Resistance was going to open, but we were speculating just now before we started to record. So, Mike, what, what's your thought on when they're probably going to open Rise of the Resistance? I think it's a couple months afterwards. I don't, it's hard to uh, pin a date on it, but I want to think that they they could have been ready to open everything in those initial release dates. So June right. and late fall for, you know, 20, you know, for, right. for that, uh, Hollywood studios. But, um, so I think that's still going to come. I think we'll see something, you know, come out here in the next, I don't think we'll have to wait a long time to find out. Right. And I, I feel like they're definitely going to have it open in time for the D 23 convention. And you're probably right, Mike. They probably were holding off opening the land until this was completed. So maybe the opening of this is going to coincide with our original thinking when the entire land was going to open. So like June for California and November for um, Florida is when Rise of the Resistance will open. We're going to talk about Correct. these attractions in detail Um we have we have all sorts of segments all planned out so just stay tuned for that um so one thing that's interesting is that uh they announced that in order to get into the land you have to make a reservation <laughs> which is something disney's never done before as far as i know um and in order to make a reservation um you have to you know plan ahead and that's where michael comes in but we don't know when the reservations are going to be able to be made yet they haven't announced when that's going to be available or exactly how it's going to work so that's still sort of a guessing game also yeah, they, that's the big question right now everyone yeah, wants to know everyone and the other thing is uh People were like worried about this, but it's going to be a no-cost reservation. So it doesn't cost anything to make a reservation, but because of the limited capacity, they have to do a reservation system. Otherwise, there'd be lines going from, you know, the entrance up to, you know, the train station on Main Street, and then, <laughs> you know, it would just oh, be going out the park. It would be insane. So they have to do this to keep it, you know, at bay. And there was a keep... picture uh, on on our Facebook page. Uh, I posted a couple couple weeks back, and there was yeah. a guy standing with a sign that said, you know, um, line to Star Wars Galaxy End starts here. It was a cast member, and it was right next to the Welcome to Florida sign. Yeah. Uh, so it was, I thought it was oh, pretty, yeah. pretty appropriate. Right. <laughs> right. It's like it goes from Atlanta to Orlando. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's something new for Disney. And the other thing is that they mentioned that in California, if you're staying at one of the hotels, the three Disney-owned hotels, 
you get some sort of an advantage like you get an automatic like it's not an automatic reservation but you're able I don't they didn't really explain it very well it's very confusing um, also they're not gonna do extra magic hours in California but they will be doing it for resort guests only in Florida so I guess you don't need to make a reservation for that I'm not sure how that's gonna work yeah, there's no reservations for extra magic hours or anything yeah. right now in in Hollywood Studios. Uh, it's just the Disneyland that's going to do that. And there's still a ton of that's questions. Right. So if yeah. I'm staying three days at a hotel and I have three park tickets, can I go to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge every day? Can I get a is it a daily reservation or is it one reservation per, you know, trip? Yeah, all that right. kind of stuff. Right. So, for Cal and right, that's right. I do remember now. They they aren't doing the reservation for Florida, and I think that's because in Florida they sort of have a whole park to wander around because of the it's right. in Hollywood Studios. So it's not like in Disneyland where it's like this really cramped park yeah. with lots of attractions everywhere. So they've got a little bit more flexibility on how that can be handled than they do in California. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I think I really do like about Hollywood Studios in the Walt Disney World setup there is that they can put these new worlds in places like Hollywood Studios. And I think right. you'll see Marvel come at some point over there as well. Hopefully. Uh, maybe, it's, yeah, in that kind of, but then they can keep the Magic Kingdom more purist, you know, original Disney kind of content, mm -hmm. uh, which right. I think is nice. Yeah, in fact, Ruthie and I have talked about that a lot about how we don't like where it's been put in California. We like that the land is opening. We love all that, but we just wish they would have figured out how to do a third gate and had it be yeah. a separate thing from Disneyland and maybe did like a half Marvel, half Star Wars park instead of taking mm -hmm. out Bugs Land and taking out this and rerouting the train and taking out part of the Rivers of America. We wish they would have just built a new land and they probably in the long run it would have been a, a bigger initial investment for them but I think by having a third gate in the long run they would have made bank they would have made a lot of money in California by having a third park yeah. but you know that's not going to happen it's a little late to <laughs> worry about that now just a little yeah so um uh, vacation packages, park tickets, Disney re Resort hotel stays do not guarantee access to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Um, so this so, is specifically on the Disney World side, I think you're talking, because yeah. uh, at the Disneyland, so this is the difference in, in somewhat, you know, so there's kind of positives and negatives to both sides. So at Disneyland, you know, there's a reservation system but you can get a reservation if you stay at a disney resort and you'll have a specific reservation there's no guarantee that if you're, right. say you're an annual pass holder and you just show up at the park that you're going to be able to get into the area but right. if you the stay line at resort, might be so long that right you could they just shut like it. a 10-hour line yeah yeah and so you know so the advantage at disneyland is you can get a reservation at Disney World, there's no reservation system, which people right. think, well, that's great. That means I can just go. No. no, they could very likely still shut that land down to new people coming in. Right. And it may be more at the, uh, you know, the morning rush whim. So at, at Hollywood, it's going to be get there early, you know, and uh, 
you, you know, do the do the rope drop. Mm -hmm. Right now, I have a feeling that the the magic mornings is going to be crazy. Everybody yeah. staying at a Disney resort is going to be there. For the oh, yeah. magic mornings. It's going to be insane. So before the land even opens on those days, I mean, before the rest of the park opens on those days, it's already going to be a mess. Mm -hmm. And nobody's going to get You're talking about Hollywood in. Studios? Yeah, specifically yeah. Florida. They're only going to forget trying to get into Galaxy's Edge if you're not staying in a hotel on the, on the extra right. magic day for that park. Forget it. Mm -hmm. Don't even go to that park that day. Go another day if you're not staying in the in a Disney resort. Um, you know, if you if you really get into the Disney data with some of the stuff, and one of the things we like to use and and is the touring plans um, company and their right, apps yeah, and things great. like that. And uh, one thing that we do for uh, some of our our families that come to us uh, from our spot from our partners like uh, you all here is you know tell us that you're, you're with Disney Chris and Ruthie and, and we'll hook you up with an annual subscription to the touring plans system right. and all that data and the app that touring plans has is a great assist uh, in your kind of planning process and what you yeah. find from that data is even what you're saying right now is I a lot of times will avoid the extra magic hour park because it tends to be higher rated because if people have single day only tickets Right. Gonna, and they want to use it. They're going to go to the park with that the extra park. magic hours. And stay all day. Exactly. Yeah. And so so you can find some, you know, everyone goes left, you go right kind of, yeah. uh, um, you know, data that, that's really helpful in that regard. So this whole Star Wars thing is going to throw what I'm about to say completely out the window. But my feeling otherwise, if you take that out of the equation, is that if I were staying multiple days and had a park hopper, I would go for Magic Morning, and as soon as it's over, go to another park for the yeah. rest of the day. That's how I would handle it. But I don't think that's... Well, it might work for Star Wars, but it's still going to be really crowded during the Magic Morning. But once you've seen it, once you're done with Galaxy's Edge, get the heck out of Dodge and go to another park <laughs> that day. Unless you have a right. one-day ticket, because the park's going to be j just crazy that day. Right, and if you're not staying on a Disney property and have access to those early magic hours, right, it's it's almost like don't even bother rope dropping a park with early magic hours because yeah. the advantage is completely gone. Yeah, right. they'll already be there. All the yeah. hotel people, will, the property people, will already be in the land, so the rope drop is completely pointless. So right. just make sure you check before you go that it's not a, ma a magic hour day and go mm -hmm. on a day that isn't. And it's probably better off early, you know, midweek, not on the weekend. You know, just just use a little common sense. If you want to see the land, if you even want to get in, don't go those days because you might not even be able to get into the land. Yeah. So. Yeah, especially if you have a especially if you have a one day one park ticket right. you'll waste your ticket and you won't even be able to see Star Wars land and you'll completely waste your your hundred and twelve dollar ticket to get in so. yeah Ruthie what were you saying yeah I have a, a couple questions for you yeah so they announced that the reservations can be between May 31st and June 23rd 
Yeah. What happens after June 23rd? So right now, I think they're expecting to be able to just go into normal operations where <laughs> they where they don't need it. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what happens. There are some people that think they're going to extend that out after, you know, after two weeks and realize this is crazy. It's not going to happen. Um, but it's it's hard to tell right now after that date it's supposed to be you know free-flowing like the rest of the park okay. and then when they we'll open rise of the resistance it's going to cause a whole new right. problem right hmm. i wasn't so, thrilled about the phase opening at first right. but you know when you think about it i think it really does uh, make sense you know it can get get people um, and on a financial sense for Disney, they get you coming right at opening and then they get you to come back again to see the yeah. other one. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that is true. Do you think that they would add extra magic hours to either of these parks, Disneyland or Hollywood Studios? Yeah, I do. I do think that they will do that just based on things I've seen from yeah. the Toy Story Land and the the Pandora um, mm -hmm. and all that, especially at Disney World. Uh, I know we're going to talk about in a little bit here, you know, the pay to play component of buying fast passes and things like that. What you know, I don't know that Disney will. Disney World has been good about keeping that out. I wasn't thrilled to see the Max Pass come as a as a as a pay feature, I would have loved to just seen Max yeah. Pass added as you know just a benefit to the tickets. Mm -hmm. But um, but that's in California. Think, they they don't have Max Pass in Florida. Only California. Right, right, exactly. But in a lot of ways, Max Pass is the same thing as Fast Pass Plus without the early reservation feature. But right. but you have to pay fifteen dollars. You have for to pay it. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So so I think it's a little you know a little bummer that they went that direction. Um, I hope that instead of doing pay fast passes, what they do is they go to special ticketed events. So Disney World especially yeah. has a lot of these Disney after hour events. Yeah. yeah. You pay 70 bucks and you get to go into the park for like, it's like three or four hours after close. And yeah, right. um, I haven't done any of these events yet, but I've, I've had people that have and I've talked to others. and. It's, it tends to be about a 15 minute ride wait. Like it's great ride wait times on stuff like Slinky Dog Dash and things mm -hmm. that would otherwise and you be- you feel just like yeah. there's more space. You, you just yeah. feel more relaxed. It's just a really yep. enjoyable. I've, I haven't been either, but I've seen video, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of YouTube videos of it. And it just seems yeah. like a really nice, a nice thing to do. You could probably get as much done in that three hours that you could do in a whole day, right. and, and you pay actually less than a full full day ticket. So if they do yeah. offer that for Star Wars Land or Galaxy's Edge, that would be incredible. I don't think it, it could work in California that way, but definitely yeah. for Florida, that would be amazing. Yeah, I think if they do offer that, it's going to be months after the park yeah. has been Yeah, oh over. yeah, that'll be later. Right, because I know with like the pan in in Walt Disney World, the Pandora ride, the Flight of the Avatar, that is still the highest sought after fast pass, longest wait time, all that, yeah. and they will put people in the line up until the, the park closes, mm -hmm. and then right. they'll shut the line down and they'll run it until everybody's through, and right. I mean that can be hours after yeah. park closing, and right? So, yeah. So I assume that they'll follow that same similar practice, you know, uh, 
we haven't really mentioned, but they're not going to be using fast pass, of course, uh, for right. either of these rides to start out with, which is an interesting, right. you know, kind of components. Um, and so I think that's probably smart because it, it does make the line go faster. Mm -hmm. it, for, and it also makes standpoint. the line longer for standby. So you'd have yeah. like a real bottleneck with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so, but so now there's two components though. First, you got to get into the land and then you got to get on the ride. Right. And you're right. not but, guaranteed either, really. <laughs> I was thinking you'd have to get... Now, this is before any announcements were made. In the back of my mind, I was thinking, okay, you're going to need to get a fast pass to get in the land. And then once you're in the land, you're going to have to get another fast pass for the attractions. Mm -hmm. yeah. This is before I knew about the reservation system and anything like that. So there's a lot of speculation going on right now about fast passes in the future and what yeah. Disney might be doing. So Ruthie, what article did we look at for this story? So the article is titled, Is Disney Considering Selling Fast Pass for Rides in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland and Walt Disney World by Tom Corliss for WDW News Today. And this is from February 28th. Right. So. Um, there's speculation that Disney's going to do what they do at, over at Universal, where to get a fast pass, you have to pay extra for it. Mm -hmm. At Universal, actually, what they do is they, they sell, like, a whole thing where everything is fast pass. If you pay, like, yeah. a... Express line. Express yeah. line, yeah. But you have to pay a lot of extra for that. I think it's, like, double the price of a regular ticket, isn't it? Yeah, some of the unlimited... Um some of the unlimited so there's a couple versions there's of it. tiers and, okay right so there's one version and we definitely a lot of people want to do both disney and universal and we help them do both of those although we make sure to, they know that when they purchase the universal tickets mickey cries a little bit so um, <laughs> okay <but laughs> yeah. as long as they're okay with that you know or we promise not to tell mickey uh that kind of thing but um yeah, so there's typically like a one-time express line, so you can do every ride with express line one time, and okay. then there's an, an express unlimited that basically you can ride anything you want over and over and over on an unlimited so basically basis. Basically, a VIP all day, but you yeah. have to and pay the, a lot right. for that. And you're right; it's about it's about twice the price. I was just looking at that today for someone, and yeah. it's it's almost double the price of the standard park ticket. Yeah, and they don't have any other option. So they don't have a free fast pass. Right. So it's, right, that's it's pay it. or nothing when you're in a regular line. Right. And their express lanes are not like the fast pass, where the fast pass is typically supposed to be 15 minutes or less kind of wait time. Right. Where um, the express line is, is considered to be a third of the standby line. So right. if your standby line is, 20, is an hour, then express is 20 minutes. If the standby line is two hours... Uh, it's, you know, I mean, that's still, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like 45 minutes or something like that. So that's still a good wait for an express line. So, right. especially when you're paying so much money. Right. Yeah. So the rumor is that Disney's, they're not going to do that specifically, but they're going to charge for the ability to book a ride on certain attractions specific probably specifically the galaxy's edge attractions but once you open up open up pandora's box mm -hmm. it's gonna be like okay well let's include space mountain and then let's include 
you know, Splash Mountain, you know, the e big e-tickets will all be part of that, which is just going to make the lines for standby even worse than they already are, probably. <laughs> and it's just going to... But Disney is trying to figure out a way to... Um, kind of keep the the lines at bay. I guess they figure this will make the lines more manageable by charging. I don't know exactly what the thinking mm -hmm. is, but I don't like it. I, I especially, uh, this is sort of off topic, but did you see the price increases today, Mike, for the yeah. the, the admission? For Walt Disney World. Yeah, I mean, what mm -hmm. they're charging is already, you know, you're buying a premium product, and then to charge extra to see more right i don't know and, if i like that and over the over the last year they've you know instituted this you know date-based ticket pricing so the old pricing right. was you, you buy a multiple day ticket or whatever and it was the same price year round now yeah. um and, and at first they had it was only one day ticket so if you buy a one day ticket during these time frames it's different prices um but but passes two or more days was a flat rate and now right. it's it, no matter how many tickets you buy, depending on the dates it covers, it'll tell you, well, the pricing starts at this and the pricing starts at that. So, right, um, right. yeah, it's it's interesting. Well, one nice thing about Florida, and they don't do this in California, correct me if I'm wrong, is you can just keep adding more and more time to your park hopper. If you want to stay three weeks, by the time you're at the end of it, you're paying like $10 a day to get into the park. Yeah, so, um, and that is one thing I, I really do like about uh, Walt Disney World is you can buy, a Disneyland, the biggest ticket they'll sell you is a five-day. And then yeah. after, at Disney World, it's a 10-day. But really, from after day five, it's, I think it's $10 plus tax, about 12 bucks a day to add an additional day. It gets yeah. way far down there, and it becomes extremely, you know, um, a, gr a great value. yeah. I took in advantage that aspect. of that when I went because I had a 10-day ticket, I think. Yeah. And so mm -hmm. it was it was like nothing to add. And it encouraged us to stay in the hotel longer. Right. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. it was so inexpensive to go into the park by the end of it that it was worth paying for the... Because the ho cost of the hotel was basically the cost of a one-day ticket. So right. it was basically worth it. And one thing I always tell guests too is we look at your plant, your your flights. So let's say your flights are leaving at five o'clock in the afternoon. Well, heck, for ten dollars per person in your family, so let's say fifty dollars for a family of four, let's get you an extra day, three new fast passes, and go have a blast at the parks till about one o'clock. Come back, catch the Magical Express back, and and you know do a half day for fifty dollars you know what can you what can you do for fifty dollars you know for a whole yeah. family um right. that's exactly. our you know visiting a, a disney park with three fast passes each right mm -hmm. right so apparently they've already started doing this in paris and hong kong and mm -hmm. shanghai um and they have the max pass at uh disneyland too but at Disneyland, you can still get a, a regular old-fashioned Fast Pass. Mm -hmm. The Max Pass just lets you book it. You know, you don't have to like. I think you can book it the day before or something like that. No, or... it's the day that you have to be in the park to book it. Correct. Okay, so it just lets you do it without what... physically going to the ride. Right. So you have, you to have it all on right. your phone. So you're able to do it on your phone. You don't have yeah. to go to the ride. Okay. 
got it. So that's really the only advantage there. Um, so we're talking about uh, travel. Mike, give us your like suggestions and tips and tricks and anything you want to say about planning a trip to see Galaxy's Edge to Disneyland and to uh, Walt Disney World. Yeah, so I mean, a lot of the same stuff that always applies is important. So, you know, going with a plan. Disney World is is more important to kind of start that planning earlier because dining is 180 days out and fast passes book up 60 days out and there's a ton of earlier planning that needs to be done at Disney World. Uh, Disneyland is a little bit better for the, you know, on the cuff, your off the cuff kind of trips yeah, and things like that. Spontaneity, yeah, which is nice. Um, but really, with the Star Wars Galaxy Edge changes, early mornings are going to be important. Planning earlier is going to be important. Having someone who understands, you know, and is monitoring all the latest news that comes out because this can change it, you know, in a given in a given moment. Any discounts or yes, any of those up. kind of things. Yeah. So that's one thing that we do for all of our families. We help them monitor if there's a sale that comes out. So there was some great sales that were out for, you know, up to the end of September, uh, just recently, and and a lot of people booked in and then found out they were getting Star Wars Galaxy, especially at, at Disney World. We're getting that as kind of like a bonus. You know, they were booking yeah. in, not nice. even expecting to be close to the time frame, and then all of a sudden they find out they're going to be there in the first three weeks of, um, of Star Wars Galaxy Edge. So that's, that's wow. awesome. Um, you know, just having, you know, talked about having a plan, uh, having, uh, again, we we're big fans of the touring plan app that we like to work with our families with. Um, that app does an interesting thing in that it will tell you what Disney's appointed times is, what their posted time is, and then it tells you what it's, estimated actual time is and that's based on people in the park and yeah. different data points that they're grabbing and sometimes disney will fluctuate those times in order to move people around the park scare them off from areas things like that sometimes and so um having all those little extra resources yeah i really never never even back in the day before all this uh fast pass stuff I never went by what the posted time, wait time was at the queue because Disney has been playing tricks since right. the early days. They never, they always give you a much larger wait time than what it's going to actually be. Like yeah. I remember it would say 40 minute wait for Splash Mountain. It would be like a half that, like a 20 minute wait. So, right. They do that for two reasons. They want to scare people away to keep the line as short as they can. So only people who really, really want to see it will stand in line. And mm -hmm. um, also, it's a psychological thing that you think you're going to be in line for 40 minutes, and then it only ends right. up being 20 minutes, and then it just gives you a positive feeling that, oh, I only had to wait 20 minutes. So, yeah. you know, they've been doing that forever, ever since I can remember. <laughs> You, am I yeah. right, Ruthie? Yeah, they have always given you false information. Yeah, fake news. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So that's funny. Definitely well, you- check out that that uh, resource because don't go by what Disney tells you as far as wait times. Don't believe a word of it. <laughs> well, I'll tell you the other thing too that really can't be understated is start grabbing your vacations now. It was oh, it was yeah. literally like within 15 minutes of the announcement of the dates, and the phones were like ringing off the hook. You There's going to be saying, no vacancies yeah. by the yeah. time it, for, for August in Florida. Forget it. Mm-hmm. Unless you buy uh, oh, yeah. your, unless you get book it now. Forget it. You're not going to get into a Disney unless there's some cancellations or yeah, everything's going to be completely booked out. And and here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize, you know, if if it's been a while since they've booked their Disney vacation or whatnot, um, it it only costs two hundred dollars to lock down any Disney package. So you could stay at the Grand Floridian for a week at club level, which is ten thousand dollars. And in order to hold that package for you, it's $200. And that $200 is fully refundable uh, up until 30 days. 30 so if days, you're thinking, right. mm-hmm, and then even after 30 days, after everything's paid in full, you can still cancel up to 48 hours and all you lose is that $200 initial right. amount. And so Disney's got a really good cancellation policy. And, you know, basically anybody. It, it's not high pressure either, like. Right. Why don't you want to stay? Like, it's not like when you cancel your Absolutely. insurance policy or something. <laughs> right. Right. And of course, we deal with Disney for you so that you don't, you know. Yeah, you, you don't, don't even have, have to, to deal with all that. Yeah. Right. And so a lot of ours, uh, a lot of our families, especially families we've been working with a long time, you know, they have our cell phone numbers or whatever, you know, and they're like, I was getting text messages again, 15 minutes after grab me, grab me anything you can on these dates, you know, put me down, you know, we, we already yeah. have all their information on file and we just go in and, and grab some stuff for them. So, yeah. you know, right. It's, you wow. know, it just trying to help out as much we can uh, in, in that aspect, but get something now, if you're even remotely thinking about it, you can always cancel. Right. But don't do this, because Disney's cracked down on it. Don't make your reservations so that you can get fast passes early. Yep. And then cancel <laughs> your hotel reservation. Right, right. Did you hear about all that, Mike? They cracked oh, down yeah. on that because people There's... were trying to cheat the system with that whole... Yeah, there's, it's interesting. There's there's a podcast that I, I listen to on occasion uh, called The Backside of Magic. And yeah. it's a couple of guys that um, basically, you know, find all those cracks in the Disney system that, that are not technically illegal. But, right. you know, hey, there are things we can exploit, you know. And, yeah. and there are things like, um, you know, people would rent a campsite so that they could get the early, you know, fast pass you know, uh, reservation right. Right. for, for like $50 and then a one day fast pass will, or a one day $50 reservation for a campsite will get you however long your tickets are early fast pass, um, eligibility. And yeah. so they'd pay $50. They'd never actually stay there. They called it a throwaway room. And, uh, but they got, you know, for $50, they got early access to fast passes. So there's all kinds of little things like that. Disney's starting to come in and fill in those holes and yeah. and fix their algorithms to yeah. to keep people from doing that. Well, I'm that, glad so. because it's not fair to the others who pay. You know, yeah. it's a premium yeah. product, and they're paying a lot of money for these advantages, and it's not fair. When you're paying right. that much money, there shouldn't be 
cheating allowed because it's not fair to the people who are who are playing by the rules and paying right. a lot of money right. for this. Experience. So that was actually basically a paid fast pass, though. Yeah, <laughs> if you exactly. think about it. <laughs> yeah, that's basically. exactly what it was. Yeah. 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 So anyway, let's move on to um, some fun stuff about what to expect in the new land. So, Disney um, has actually uh, just started a, a blog on the official Disney Parks website. Tell us about that, Ruthie. So they introduced a new series called Building Batu. And over the next several months, they'll be providing us with more details about the land and the offerings and attractions. So right. this is probably where we're going to hear, you know, when we can one. expect the rise of the resistance to open. Right. You know, this will sort of be your one-stop place to yeah. get any and all updates. It's DisneyParks.com, right? DisneyParksBlog.com. .com. Okay. Yeah. So it's called Building Batu, and they've already posted their first entry and it basically is gives you all the details we're going to go over today and, and a lot of information there already so anytime they have more information to put out there you can go there and you you know they'll that'll be really your best possible resource mm -hmm. so they do a lot of great live um streams over there on that site as well. Yeah. Like when they opened Toy Story Land and Tim Allen was there, they, right. they live stream that. They do when they sure light the castles at that. Christmas. I'm yeah, sure so they do a lot of great this. stuff. They did yeah. the candlelight processional last year. Right. For the first time. And they time. do the fireworks too. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It's really nice to be able, because I, you know, I haven't been in a year and I don't get to go very often. So it's nice right. to be able to see like the candlelight processional and all that stuff. So it's a really great site. So check that out, mm -hmm. even just for general stuff, not just the Star Wars. And it's the official Disney site, so they have access right. to all, you know, everything. So there, um, one big component of this new land is going to be how you're able. It's going to be very interactive. Yeah. And there's going to be an app, which is already available. They've been testing it mm -hmm. on other things in the parks. But um, the main reason they kind of launched this was because they planned on having it involved with Galaxy's Edge. So this is called the, um, what's it called, Ruthie? The Play Disney, Play Disney app. app. Disney yeah. Play. So yeah. it's available to anybody uh, who has a cell phone in the parks. And it basically is something to keep you occupied while you're waiting in line. I mean, that's yeah. what it's been so far. It gives you little <laughs> games and things you can do to keep your teenager occupied while they're waiting in line because looking at beautiful scenery is not enough, I guess, for the average teenager anymore. <laughs> I mean, you're well, in Disneyland, is... but you want right. to stare at your phone, so there you go. <laughs> this is so funny, actually, because um, about a year and a half ago, um, I have a friend who runs a computer programming uh, department uh, outside of Seattle, the university outside of Seattle, and he was talking about needing projects for students, and, and so we partnered with them, and the idea was to build an app 
for you know people in line that would have trivia about the specific rides that they were doing in the lines you know and so <laughs> you know we got through some of the development and then out comes this app which is basically that on steroids right yeah. you know with all yeah. the money and power of disney behind it right. and uh and so it was kind of, you know, it's like, well, clearly I was on the same line as what what, what Disney was thinking. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's it, it really is kind of fun in a way to, that it's not just distracts you, but it it helps you to interact with it. Yeah, yeah, so it's that's... really cool. Yeah, I played it when I was at Disneyland, and so if you have the app on your phone, you can use it without being in the park because mm-hmm. there's there's trivia questions like you said, Mike. There's also if you have an Apple um, subscription to um, their music subscription in Apple, mm-hmm. they have like playlists for different areas of the park. So you have these Disney playlists right in the app. Oh. And then when you're actually in the park, it activates games for specific rides. So we were playing the um, Space Mountain game while we yeah. were waiting in line. And it was really fun because you involve your whole group and you play against other people and you do all of these other things. And I thought it was actually really fun because mm-hmm. that line to me, at least in Disneyland, you can't, there's not much of a view. And so there's not much to look at and it's a long line and it takes a long time to get yeah. to the actual ride. That's true. So that's so not that's the most we elaborative it. cues for sure. Right. So, <laughs> so that's why we were playing it in line and I actually yeah. really enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. So for Star Wars like I'm gonna if I call it Star Wars Land, please don't you know people listening. You guys know what we mean. Keep the yeah. hate mail to a minimum. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Galaxy's Edge. Yeah. Everybody's gonna be calling it that. You know, know. that's gonna yeah. be what like they don't call it, you know, Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye. They just call it Indy or Indiana, Indiana Jones. Jones. Yeah. They you know, it's the the it's the crib notes version of what to call it. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. Um, this app is going to be, uh, it's going to keep you sort of involved with what's, it's going to make you sort of a part of the story. Mm-hmm. And it's going to let you go on missions and learn about the world that you're in and all sorts of fun things. There's actually like four different functions that this app will let you do. And we'll go through those right now. But first and foremost, you get to choose your side. And you get to be um, a resistance, which is the good guys. The first order, which is the bad guys. Or smugglers, which is sort of the... the (laughs) In-between. In-betweeners that kind of choose sides, whatever is the most profitable to their position at that point. So really, you don't actually... Sounds like American politics. Yeah. <laughs> Who buys me off today? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but you actually aren't really choosing your side to begin with. You kind of do different tasks, and right. based on how you do those tasks, you, you, I think, gain favor with one side or the other, which is interesting. Right. right. When, I, when I say choose your side, it's like you develop what side you're going to be in by the sure. actions you take. So mm-hmm. yeah, there sort you of go. the yeah. wrong mm-hmm. word. Yeah. So, exactly. So, you don't necessarily get to, like... Because then everybody's going to just be resistance, right? 
nobody's going to want to be the well some people uh, might want to be I the think villains. you yeah I think you highly <laughs> underestimate the Well I remember like when the they still side. when they <laughs> yeah when I remember when they had the um the the Jedi training academy a lot of the kids would right. want to be a bad guy <laughs> it was kind of funny yeah. yeah So um the let's go through those four different functions that you can do on the app so Ruthie what are those there's well, let me the name them, one. and then we'll yeah. let me name them, and then we can explain them. So, and it's actually pictured on that um, picture that sort of missing one of them. I guess they changed it or something. But it's hack, scan, and translate. Oh, I guess it has scan and translate separated on that picture. Then eavesdropping, which is going to be my favorite, of course. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and jobs, which I will completely avoid. <laughs> Who wants a job? I didn't come here to work. <laughs> I'm going to end up as the custodian of Star Wars right. Galaxy. Right. Edge. You yeah. have to rifle through the trash. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what? What's ha What is hacking involved as far as the app? Okay. Route? So in the land in Black Spire Outpost, the First Order has set up a whole bunch of surveillance systems, and you can hack into them by solving puzzles. Right. And you can choose to give the box to the resistance or the first order. So that's going to be how you kind of, ah, you know, what side or which one, one of you the lead things towards. that'll yeah. decide. Yeah. So that sounds like fun because they sort of give the game a purpose, like mm -hmm. rather than right. just random games like you did for the Star Wars, which really doesn't tie into the story of the attraction itself. This sort of does because by playing these games, you're hacking the system supposedly so that sounds right i like that i think that's really clever so then scan and translate what's that so all about ruthie this is going to be so throughout the entire land there's going to be a whole bunch of you know different i guess you could call them like um some sort of like characters and and different language and you'll be able to take your phone and and like scan it and then it'll translate what it says and right. then this is going to be incorporated into a story and, um, you know, and it's going to tell you, I think this is going to, this scan and translate, I think is incorporated in all of the app because you're probably going right. to have to use it for all of this the stuff regardless. And, everything. Yeah. and the other thing, it's going to sort of give you the backstory and the history of this world that you're in. So it's sort of like, not, it has a dual purpose. It's, it's giving you like more information about like what this represents in the land and it just gives you, you know, all those juicy little imaginary details that we all love. It just kind of spells yeah. them all out for you. So that's fun. Yeah. But the best part about this is eavesdropping. What is that? <laughs> <laughs> so like the, there, the surveillance system that's throughout Black Spire Outpost, there's also these broadcasts that are going to be going off periodically. Right. And this, the Play app has a built-in tuner to help translate these you know different um broadcasts because they're not all right. going to be in english be and then you'll be able to unscramble them with a puzzle and um yeah. things like that so i think that's kind of cool too because you'll just be hearing random things um you know going off and then you'll be like oh wait let me open my app and then you'll be able to you know kind of incorporate that into the story so the next one is jobs What's that about, Ruthie? So, this is where you could actually 
I guess, quote unquote, no, you're not going to um, actually be hired and get a paycheck, but the inhabitants of Black Spire Outpost are willing to hire you and droids are going to be roaming the streets and you'll have information on who needs employees and guests and you're able to sign on to different jobs from different characters which we're going to talk about in a little bit but right and then right. they'll give you tasks and things like that you know to like transmit um you know messages to the resistance and you you know kind of you'll be like in this the secret you know you're doing it in secret and things like that so it's really going to be it's not so much jobs but kind of like you know undercover tasks and things like that but i think that's kind of cool yeah, and it reminds me of that Golden Horseshoe thing they did a few years ago. Remember that, Ruthie? When they, like, they put you in a jail cell and, like, you had to solve a puzzle. And they, it was... Oh, yeah. It, it mm -hmm. wasn't done on an app. It was just done verbally and physically. But I think that might have been something they were practicing for this. It might have been sort be. of the lead-in. Yeah, so. and the scan and translate reminds me of the Indiana Jones ride where there was all these hieroglyphic, hieroglyphics on the wall and they gave you a little decoder. Right. So any final words, guys, on this app? Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I think what's going to happen is you're going you're gonna to be able to basically accrue reputation and then I think you'll, you'll maybe gain, you know, level, there'll be levels of, you know, the more you're there, the more you go, the higher your level gets. Yeah. Uh, you'll have different titles you can earn and different things like that. Uh, and then that will all be affected in the rides and things like that as well. Uh, so but the one part that's been talked about, but I've not really seen it addressed too much is especially on the Disney World side where you have the, the magic bands worn by most people. Um, those the RFID technology they use there is already integrated in a lot of uh, rides where, like for example, on Rock and Roller Coaster, when you go by uh, a concert, a concert announcement, uh, kind of you know, like a concert poster says something like "See Mike in concert from yeah. Savannah, Georgia." You know, tonight only, mm -hmm. and like it's, it's customized and things like that. So it'll be interesting to see if this stuff gets kind of linked into. Uh, your magic bands at some point and yeah. allow that to, you know, shape the environment around you. So yeah, it, it'll they be do really that on Small World too. I remember. Yeah. When, when you go through the ending of the attraction, they have these screens that come up in that little postcard room, and right. they have like mm -hmm. your name on it. Every time I went on it, it had my name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's cool. I can always see my name way down as I'm <laughs> eight boats backed up and I'm trying to get off that ride. You know, so. <laughs> well, the well, one thing about the app is yeah. you guys better bring your phone chargers because you are going to drain your battery real quick using this. <laughs> yeah, well, they sell those those, yeah, those, those, those one-time rod and then you can just keep you know getting new ones unlimited once you pay for yeah. it one time. Yeah. So yep. that's a good deal. Okay. So let's go on to our next topic, which is what was the attractions? We're gonna yes, talk about attractions. The attraction updates. Right. So there are two attractions, and the first one is called the Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run, and that's the last time and only time I will ever say it correctly because I'm reading it. <laughs> so just forgive me in advance. 
um, for not being able to properly say it. I'll probably call it Millennium Falcon. I'll probably call it Rise of the Resistance a couple times. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a concept rendering you're looking at, which everyone and their grandmother has been watering, mouth-watering yeah, drooling, over. Drooling, yeah. Drooling yeah. over since they released it. Because this really is, you know, I think it was sort of a short-sighted mistake for Disney to not focus on the original trilogy, episodes four, five, and six, because that's what the fans want. And really, the the general populace, maybe with the exception of really young people, but most people, those are, to them, that's what Star Wars is. They could, don't have the connection to the new films, and it just doesn't have the staying power of the original trilogy, which has been around for over 40 years now, and we know that's not going anywhere, and that's just part of a permanent part of our popular culture. So really, I feel it was a mistake for Disney to not theme this land on the original trilogy. That being said, this is something that those people that are fans of the original trilogy first and foremost are going to enjoy the most because this is more focused on that than I think anything else in the entire land. Yeah. This Even, is the stuff of people's bucket lists. Oh yeah. Everyone's yeah. just like losing it. And the more being they... able to walk into the Millennium Falcon, it's yeah. like yeah. Yeah. I mean grow you're gonna see grown men crying. And I'm yeah. not exaggerating. Yeah. This is like everyone's dream come true. Yeah. So, um, we're going to talk more about the animatronics later, but when you first get into the um, pre-show area, a.k.a. the queue, which is going to be a t totally immersive queue, it's not going to seem like a queue, it's going to seem more like you're already in the attraction when you're in, that, in this area. Just it reminds me of, you know, once you get inside the Haunted Mansion, technically you're still in the line, but once you get into the the, um, the portrait gallery, you don't feel like you're in a line anymore. You feel like you've right. already started the ride. That's what this is going to be like, too. So they're going to have an animatronic. We'll get into more details on him later. Hondo Onaka, and he's going to sort of provide backstory and information and you're not gonna I don't think you're gonna see Chewbacca but you're gonna hear him like he's there like doing repairs and bumping into stuff and making noise and you'll hear him grunting and doing his noise and <laughs> it reminds me when I read this it reminds me remember Rufus from the country bear uh-huh oh yeah um, yeah you never see him yeah, he's like, hey, Rufus, turn on that yeah. light. And you hear him, like, mm -hmm. pounding around and turning on the light. Or, you know, mm -hmm. or, Rufus, that's the wrong backdrop. He has the <laughs> snow scene. <laughs> Remember all that? That's what I first thought of. Something fun about um, uh, Hondo is he's going to be voiced by Jim Cummings, who was the voice of Winnie the Pooh, among dozens of other Disney characters. So I'm curious to see what he does for this character. Well, this character is from Star Wars Rebels. 
which is an animated series. So he's, and it takes place before A New Hope. So he's not some randomly made up character. Oh, he yeah. Is and part they, of the, they aged him so that it yeah. can take place. It's like the same character, but years later. So he's a little wrinkly. We'll show you what he looks like in a minute if you yeah. haven't seen and it already. Jim Cummings did the voice in the animated right. series for him. Gotcha. So he's just reprising his role. Right. Gotcha. So what's Chewbacca doing, Ruthie? So Chewbacca has left the Falcon with Hondo to get the repairs done. And so he'll be outside of the attraction inspecting the repairs and, and he'll just kind of be... Um, and he's going to be looking for like crew members and things like that. Right. So that's why I think like there's probably going to be like a meet and greet close to this with Chewbacca. So right. it's kind of like kind of tying the story in, but he's not actually in there. Right. But the other thing about this. you can see him this, in another place. Yeah. Right. The other thing about around. this whole, um, you know, first area, this pre-show area, it's totally interactive and yeah. they want you to, to, play around with everything in there yeah. yeah so it's not just something that you're just gonna like stand there in the middle and not touch they want yeah. you to sit down at that you know iconic chess table they want you to do all of the things that you know if you feel like touching it you feel like sitting it they want you to do it because they want you to really get this immersive right. experience on this attraction and that's really the only way you're going to be able to do it it's so be... that's it's going to be a little bit of overload because you've got the app, yes. you've got all the stuff to touch, you got characters mm -hmm. talking to you, you hear Chewbacca making a ruckus yeah. all over the place. Yeah, you're so, going to have to choose what you what's most what important. What you want to focus on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it'll also make, you know, it'll make it a lot less tedious to wait in a four-hour line. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm sure you'll have time to do it all if you're in line for that long. <laughs> that is true, at least in the beginning. Hopefully that will die down, but yeah. <laughs> so before you get into the the ship itself, you're going to be in a shipyard, and you'll see mm -hmm. different ships being, re you know, it's sort of a junkyard of old ships. And appropriate, because by the time the new trilogy comes out which this is even though it is the Millennium Falcon it's still set after the first three movies yeah and so this is I mean they called it a hunk of junk in the original trilogy so it's obviously even more of a hunk of junk 30 years later when this takes place <laughs> yeah <laughs> so it's appropriate that it's near a junkyard of a graveyard of lost ships so once you get into the lounge, this is where the fanboys and girls are gonna lose it. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah, because that famous checkerboard is gonna be there. And I remember when I had the, I had a one of those nineteen early eighties Millennium Falcons. I had the actual toy, the one everybody is so collectible nowadays. And it had the checkerboard inside. I remember mm -hmm. that. It was fun. Yeah. So this is what you're going to see. And they're going to encourage you to sit down. Like, I think what's going to happen is they'll let, a cert they'll let like a certain amount of people in. And I don't know. This is all guessing. But I'm thinking it's going to be the whole Dumbo situation. Where you'll oh, yeah, be that in, could be. You'll be in, you know, like they have it at Disney World. Mm -hmm. Where you'll be in the in this 
uh, lounge room, and you'll be given a a number, and when they call your number, your group goes in. Mm-hmm. So this is sort of going to be a holding area before you go into the main cockpit, and that that archway that you see there, that round thing that reminds me of the rainbow tunnel from Journey into Imagination. Mm-hmm. You're going to go through there, and then on the other side is where you'll enter the actual cockpit. And I think there's only six people. How many people are allowed in the attraction at a time, the actual simulator? Do you know? I don't have that off the top of my head. I don't. It's, I don't think it's too many. Because there's only a certain amount of roles that you can be assigned to right, right. on the attraction. It's either six or eight. I can't remember. I wanted to say, I think it's because the original. Well, it's divisible by it, three because there's three rows. I know that. Right. So it would be either six or nine, nine I'm yeah. thinking. But it's a very small number. And they're going to have multiple cockpits. And what I'm thinking is there's going to be some sort of a way that it rotates. So there'll be one entrance which is what you're looking at right now. But once you get inside, it's going to move, and there'll be mm. another cockpit that the next round of guests can go in, and then that'll move. It'll sort of be like a whole carousel of progress thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can yeah. go in. That we won't ever see. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, that's fun. I'm wondering, yeah. they haven't really said that. I'm wondering how many simulators they're going to have. Because they said that it's going to have a really high capacity. And if it's going to have a high capacity and only six to nine people are in at a time, there's yeah. got to be a bunch of simulators going on. Or you might see it in somewhere of like the Soren uh, kind of style where there's actually multiple of the lounge rooms. There's, you know, there's, let's say, That's three versions too. of the la- lounge mm-hmm. And then, I mean, the other way I could see this happening is, uh, the, like, the Pandora ride, uh, the Flight of the Avatar. Right. If, you, if you've ridden that, you go into this kind of genome-matching room, and, and it scans right. you, and yeah. and you can actually see yourself being particleized up on, on the screen. And, and one and person like a is five... always contaminated. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. And so, uh, you know, so I could see that being kind of the lounge scenario where you get about five minutes in there as kind of a pre you know a right. pre-show kind of thing and then shifting right over. oh right. yeah there's right. going to be multiple rooms and things until you finally get to the cockpit yeah right. they just break you down into smaller and smaller groups yeah right so, so go ahead no i just gonna say, i think that's awesome i really enjoy this i mean you it's really part of the ride but it, it's actually kind of an interactive queue basically yeah and uh i think i think that's awesome and it also pulls more people out of the park uh and keeps them into the physical rides you know as well so that helps to keep you know the human gridlock a people eater as they say right yeah there you go i don't think this one is going to be as much of a people eater as the other one yeah that's true yeah i agree what i've heard like 60 people per car or something like that for the rise of the resistance Right. So I think that's going to be able to pump a lot more people. But again, this isn't going to be open when the land opens. So so there's going to be, Ruthie hinted at this, there's going to be three different um, positions. The front row will be um, the captain, like the pilot and co-pilot. So I guess there are only two, there are only six per 
Looking at the picture here, it looks like there's only two people in the front. So it must be six. Maybe, Maybe it's rows backwards like columns rather than yeah. side by side like you, like you think rows at a theater. Right. That so picture my... only looks to me like four. Well, there's two I behind think... there. You can see oh. the head of the person on yeah. the right side. Yeah. There's another row that we're sort of like looking over their shoulders. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. So what are those... Uh... The first one's pilot and co-pilot. What do they do, Ruthie? What's their and all of the controls cause things to happen. Everything you touch will cause different actions, and it'll somehow it might even change the story as you go through, depending on what you touch and how you interact with it. So what is what is what are the what's the job of the pilot and co-pilot? So the pilot does the left and right throttles. And the co-pilot gets to pull the lever to jump to hyperspeed. Oh my gosh, I want to do that. That's what I want. <laughs> yeah. Punch so it, then, Ruthie. I know. <laughs> Light speed to Endor. <laughs> so the gunners are in the second row, and they shoot down TIE fighters. Which is awesome, too. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like um, Buzz Lightyear to the millionth degree (laughs) (laughs) right and then the engineers are in the back and what do they do they put out fires or redirect power if those tie fighters get shots so isn't that what isn't that technically what r2d2 did when he used to go in that little remember how he had a little hole in the back Mm -hmm. that he sat in yeah, he was basically fixing things if yeah if there was yeah a, if they were something shot, they got took a damaged it was his yeah. job to fix it right yeah or redirect the power exactly right. yeah yeah right. so I think there's going to be two gunners two engineers and then the pilot and a co-pilot yeah right. that's what yeah. I think mm-hmm. yeah so what if your party has seven <laughs> one person have to ride by himself you gotta split it up yeah <laughs> right well that also brings I, you know one thing we haven't really talked about either is single rider is there mm-hmm. is there going to be some kind of and i think they won't have maybe a single rider line but there may be some kind of component inside once you're kind of into the ride that allows for single riders to you know make themselves known so they can get them up and fill every single spot oh yeah yeah definitely they have to have something because mm-hmm. they don't right. want to take off with only five people and have an empty seat. Right. Yeah. yeah. And I have to figure that out. Disney always, I mean, when I worked on Star Tours, they had a whole mathematical, like, when they got up to the um, turnstile before they even went up to the end, the, the Star Speeder thing, I knew mm-hmm. there was, I can't tell you what it is now because my head is now filled with all sorts of useless information that has overtaken my knowledge of, but they they when i worked there there was a whole mathematical equation that they taught you to learn where to send groups so that there was never an empty seat like very rarely so like i knew that okay if i just sent five people over there i need to send a, the next party of three will go over there but meanwhile if i have a party of four i have to send them over there instead wow. so there was a whole thing that they taught you and it was really easy once you huh. learned it it was just they're probably going to do the same thing where before mm-hmm. you even go into the lounge they'll probably count how many you know okay here's a party of three so before i send anybody else i need a single rider 
and a party of two before I send mm -hmm. anybody else to that to that you know round. Meanwhile, right. if I get a larger party, I'll send them to that simulator instead. So mm -hmm. they'll, they they mm -hmm. have a way to do it. Trust me, yeah. they will have you picked out without single rider line. It's very. <laughs> they're going to have a whole mathematical thing. They're going to teach all the cast members. So the next That's attraction, cool. which won't be open until a little bit later, just remind you, is called Rise of the Resistance. Hey, Chris, let me yeah. ask you this real quick before we move on to the Rise of the Resistance. Yes. So most parties are, let's say, two or four people a lot of times. Mm -hmm. So how many how, how many days do you think into the opening are we going to be before the first knock, dra knock down, drag out fight over <laughs> who gets to be the co-pilot and pilot <laughs> in there? Because... Oh I know God. it, especially if you have little kids. Right. I mean, like if, if you, you have if you... three, if you have three kids in your party, mm -hmm. who gets to sit yeah. in the front? Because there's only two seats in the front. Right. That's gonna be and a I mean, problem. You're talking about multiple families or different parties all going on this at the exact yeah. same time. So who right. decides who gets to be the captain and all that kind of Maybe stuff? Maybe they're gonna and, plan uh, that out. Maybe there's gonna be some sort of a an order assignment or something like that before mm -hmm. you even get in. Yeah. So there's no that would fighting. Be better once if they you assign people, <laughs> yeah, to avoid that, so that you don't get to pick. Right. And yeah. They, just they pick it for you. Then it's like random, and then oh well, oh you're lucky, you know. Oh, but I didn't get to. Maybe next time we go on it, I. It adds the to the ri rewritability. Right. This yeah. is going to be one of the most rewritable attractions Disney has ever done because not only yeah. are you going to have a different experience depending on where you sit. But I feel like the experience is all going to depend on the choices you make. Mm -hmm. It's going to be like choose your own adventure type yeah. thing right. where they're going to have a totally random set of, you know, it, it'll seem random, but it'll be, you know, depending on what buttons you push and what choices you make, you can have a completely different storyline. Mm hmm You know? And the engine that's driving the 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 programming engine that's driving that it's not like star tours where it's preset you know kind of right. clips you know it's the engine is designed to adjust on to the adjust. fly to what's happening and i think it's easier to do that because it's going to be a lot smaller so it's easier mm -hmm. to have many different movements and and randomized stuff it doesn't have a set you know uh, like I, I just recently watched a clip of George Lucas when they first opened Star Tours in 87 in Disneyland and he was all excited about how they could over time change the um, the ride to be a completely mm -hmm. different experience and Michael Eisner sort of interrupted him and said well it's a lot more involved and he sort of like said it's probably not going to happen anytime soon and it didn't happen for like two more decades before they changed yeah, it until so. 2012 <laughs> that was right. 1987 right so I just yeah. that's funny so are you tell me Mike and Ruth what are you more excited about the Millennium Falcon attraction or Rise of the Resistance go ahead Ruthie I mean, so the Rise of the Resistance attraction sounds amazing, off the chain, like nothing that we've ever seen before, but I still have to go with the Millennium Falcon. 
because I'm one of those old school Star Wars yeah. fans. It's and really, we were saying a minute ago that this is really the only thing in this land that has some sort of a connection to the original trilogy, which is what everybody mm -hmm. really wants to see. They don't really, I mean, people enjoy the new movies, but it's not like the originals that everybody mm -hmm. loves and is part of our permanent popular culture. Mm -hmm. So let's talk a little. Yeah. Oh, Ken. What about uh, Mike? Mike. Oh, I called you Ken. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Ken is another That's friend right. of mine. Nice. Uh, no, I'm right there with Ruthie. Like, I think that the aspects of Rise of the Resistance look amazing, and I'm really excited to do that. But for the nostalgic purposes, yeah, you it's know, all nostalgia. Right, right. Give me, you know, give me, give me the Falcon. Yeah, and so, yeah, right. Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit about Rise of the Resistance. So this is going to be a multifaceted, more of a traditional ride through not a simulator although i feel like it's going to have elements of ride simulation yeah. it's just going to be sort of a multimedia extravaganza like basically and every ride um that like programming and anything that you've ever experienced is all going to be in this it's all going to be yeah. like this is the mary poppins of <laughs> right basically so like the queue area is going to be so interactive again it's not going to feel like you're in line it's going to have mm -hmm. so much to see and do and then you'll have your app and it's just going to be crazy um ruthie why don't you go through some of these points that some of the things you're going to see during this attraction and how it's going to be set up because they put out a lot of information that we didn't have yeah. previously they're really like teasing us that this ride is not going to be open. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's making it. So, <laughs> so the experience is going to begin at the Resistance new base on Batu, and this is a ragtag encampment in the forest. So that sounds a little bit like Endor. Mm -hmm. And um, then you're gonna, you know, you're gonna have the experience of the headquarters for the Resistance. And then you'll also see like resistance, other like types of ships, so X-wing and A-wings, which I actually watched like a an aerial view, and they showed these um, ships already outside. So, so I think that's really awesome. So this is all outside before you yeah. get into the building. So I just right. want to, before you go, go on, Ruthie, mm -hmm. before I forget, I want to mention something. A lot of people are sort of upset about the fact that this is set on a new planet and not somewhere that's in the movies or especially in the original trilogy but i have mm -hmm. a theory about why that is and why in the long run this is a wise decision for disney because this place that they're creating is sort of an outpost for traveling people so basically everybody and anybody can wind mm -hmm. up here so right. if you set this on hoth like it'd be a limited experience like it would be snow rides and like or if you set yeah. this in tauntauns and yeah right if you set this in dagobah it would just be a swamp with yoda i mean you can't mm -hmm. you can't set it on because each place is so specific in this universe so i feel that they created this new place to give them a reason to have multiple characters from multiple planets all sort of come together in one place 
so that you can basically get a taste of all the different aspects of Star, Star mm -hmm. Wars. And you just mentioned how it reminds me of the moon of Endor with the Ewoks, the forest mm -hmm. that they're talking about. I think that's exactly what they want. They're going for that because they want to bring all these different environments and experiences that we love about the Star Wars franchise into one place. And that's why they mm -hmm. did it this way. So right. that I support. Yeah. No, I agree with you. I think that's exactly what they are doing. And I mean, they just make this, they're going to, they can basically make a two anything and they can come up right. with a backstory about why it has like different uh, like climates throughout right. the whole you know you could have a snow area and then they right. you know and while you're do using your app to find out the backstory of batu it'll explain why there is like a snow area that is next to a forest which is next to a tropical rain you know tropical area and all of this stuff so yeah they can they can basically create it to be however they want it to be and Maybe why you can see Slinky Dog in the background. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm curious how that'll work. I don't know if you've if you've been to Toy Story Land yet, but when you're riding Slinky Dog, you can very clearly see into Star Wars Land. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out. Well, uh, maybe yeah. it'll be a sightline thing where you might be able to see it from high up, but when you're down inside it, you won't be able to yeah. see up. So. Hopefully. Hopefully. True. Yeah. yeah, I know you can see the mountains uh, for, for Star Wars Land when you're in Toontown in Disneyland, which mm -hmm. kind of ruins the theme in there. But they might add some trees to cover that up in the future. But I mean, that doesn't bother me. I mean, like when you're on Splash Mountain at Disney World, you can see the castle. So I mean, it's not like mm -hmm. that's ever been. I mean, that doesn't bother me so much. Yeah. So, yeah. Ruthie, I, I'm very sorry to interrupt. What else no, happens no when you're on the attraction? <laughs> so, the queue, it, they're also going to have, like, you know, a very themed queue. So, um, it's going to be, like, in like you're actually inside the resistance base. You're going to have, like, military gear, supplies, armories. So, it's going to be, like, you are actually part of the resistance and you're, you know, in their headquarters walking through all of these different areas. And see, this says groups of up to 55 people will be put right. into a standby room for a pre-show where BB-8 and a holographic ray will give you orders for a special mission. So right there. And that's R-E-Y, 55... not R-A-Y. It's not like yeah. a ray gun ray. It's the Yeah, holographic ray. Ray from, the, <laughs> um, from episode seven and eight. Yeah, that's it's Daisy the character. Ridley. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to clarify. Yeah, so this this whole attraction has like all of the characters from you know it has Ray and Poe Dameron and also um, Finn, and you know they kind of come in to the story at different parts. So she's at the beginning, then the, the mission will be um, led by Poe, which is the same actor from the movie Oscar Isaac, and um, he's in his X-wing, and then doors are going to open to an outdoor area. So now you just went into a building, and yeah. now you're going outdoor. Right. So, so it's sort of yeah. like the blue bayou, but right. huge. Or do you think this will really be an outdoor area, or will this be an indoor-outdoor area? Kind of like what, exactly what it is. It's a you're inside, but it looks like you're outside. Looks like you're outside. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Like blue yeah. bayou and pirates. Okay. Where yeah. you go yeah. in, but it looks like you're in the swamp, but you're actually in a building. But this is going to be huge. Not like you know, it's going to be. Five times the size of Blue Bayou. Right. right. 
And so from there, you're going to be passing his X-Wing into a shuttle where you're going to find the rebel veteran Nian Nub. He's from, um, he, he's from an episode, I, I don't know if he was in episode five, but it's Empire Strikes Back, but I know he's in Return of the Jedi because he pilots the Millennium Falcon along yeah. la- alongside Lando Calrissian when they're bombing the... Um, yeah, I had to look him up for our animatronic section that we're going to do next, and he looked very familiar. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So we'll show um, him in a minute. Yeah, so we're going to go past him. So now you, you're you actually in a shuttle, and it's motion-based, but it doesn't physically move anywhere. So here's kind of like your Star, War, uh, Star Wars section. Yeah. yeah, but it doesn't stop there. <laughs> right, there's multiple parts to this it's not just it's basically like three three or four even attractions in one right right so then this shuttle the first order captures your shuttle takes you to a star destroyer the doors are going to open and then you're going to be faced with all of these animatronics um static star troopers and tie fighters so basically some of them some of them are going to be animatronic and some of them are going to be static they're not going to be static animatronics that's right. what you well, just said, Ruthie. <laughs> some static and some moving. Right. But some will move and some won't. Gonna... They're not going to be yeah. animatronics that don't move. So right. don't worry right. about that. <laughs> so this is what you're going to see. And this this is going to be a 100-foot screen behind. Well, yeah. And you're actually going to be standing in this room. Yeah. And, this... I mean, this is an iconic image from a lot of the films where, yeah. you know, you're, you're standing, you're in a ship and... You're, you're able to see all of the other um, out into space and see all the other space shuttles that are out there. Right. And then, so now they Perfect will... Perfect um, music playing for this part. I know, here. right? <laughs> <laughs> so then the um, from here, your cast members are going to be um, taking you to detention cells, and this is going to be where you're going to encounter Kylo Ren. Right, and, and, and you're going to be put on... They're called like transporters to take you to your prison or something. They're like yeah, prison transports. Mm-hmm. Right, but these are actually the ride vehicles where you actually go right. through. They're not simulators. So yeah, these They're are actual... trackless vehicles. So right. now you're in a trackless vehicle and you're whisked away on a high-speed chase. Yeah. So this is like, I mean, this is on a different level that nobody has ever experienced before. Yeah, and a lot so, of three-dimensional stuff. Not yeah. there's going to be screens, but as you're looking at in this picture. These are real um, adats. They're not, yeah, you know, not, not a screens. Screen. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, I don't know so if they're the, gonna move, but I hope they do. Yeah, um, I'm sure they'll somewhat move. Yeah, I mean, so when you say trackless vehicles, um, that's interesting. So, uh, have you have you ridden the the well? It's no longer there, but the great movie ride that used to be at Hollywood. Yeah, I did ride that. Probably. Yeah. So, Many so that times. was kind of like a trackless vehicle. I mean, it's a very massive trackless vehicle that kind of moved yeah. through. I wonder if that's similar in the in the style that what they might be looking at there. Yeah. Um, Not so much so who's hunting most... hunt in Tokyo, but more like it won't like be random and move around in circles and stuff. It'll be more right. a straight line. Yeah. The most recent trackless vehicle that I rode was when I went to California Adventure. I went on Luigi's Rollicking Luigi. Roadsters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. which is trackless and that that was awesome i really liked that ride and the vehicles are like so smooth mm-hmm. and and they are able to give you the simulation and all the feels of whatever they're trying to make you feel so i'm sure it's going to be on that same level yeah 
So the other thing is they're gonna have some sort of special effect where it's gonna look like they're shooting laser blasters at you. And they're gonna look so real and come so close to you that people are actually gonna that is so crazy. be freaked out by it. Yeah. So that sounds interesting. Yeah. So that is sort of a rundown of the attractions, but there's a lot more. And one of the major elements of this land is going to be the amount of audio animatronics going in. Mm -hmm. Not just in the attractions, but basically throughout the entire land, you're going to experience all of these amazing audio animatronics. Um, and I heard a while back, and I don't know if it's still true, and I don't know if it's because they're counting all of the um, the fighters, the, you know, the, the one, what are they called, Ruthie? The guys you're looking at here? Oh, the stormtroopers? Yeah, storm, why couldn't I think of that? So, <laughs> there, anyway, a lot of them are not going to actually be animatronic, they're just going to be stationary statues, basically, mannequins. So, I don't know if Disney was counting all of them and cheating a little bit with their numbering, but I did hear a long time ago that there's going to be more animatronics in this attraction than in Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. So we'll have to wait and see if that's true. But anyways, the, um, the, you know, the, the public has sort of said, we don't like all of these screens. And I think Disney has listened and they're, they're incorporating screens, but they're not relying on them, and they're doing a lot of three-dimensional stuff, which is good. It's moving away from the whole universal pattern of everything screens, all screens all the time, mm -hmm. which sets... I feel like there's this whole theme park war going on. I really feel that that's going to set Disney apart from Universal in the long run. So. Right. Right. I mean, I think this whole ride and everything just seems like it's going to be so immersive, which is amazing. Um, the only thing I can, you know, right now even think to put my mind around it is, I don't know if you've had an opportunity to experience the void at um, either the parks, uh, that it's kind of the outside, um, oh, what's the term, um, virtual reality uh, yeah. place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so right. I had a chance to do that this past, this past Christmas. And oh my gosh, it is so like, I mean, you walk in and, and it just, you're, everywhere you look, it's, it's so, it's so real. You feel the heat yeah. of the lava, you, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so, um, and, but that's kind of, you know, fake a little bit in that like digitized aspect. I can't wait to see with, with some real animatronics and things like that. It's going to be amazing. So, um, since the eighties. They have been using a system that they call the A100 chassis. And these used hydraulics a lot, you know, air pumps and water pumps to make the movements. But now they've moved to a new system they call the A1000 series, which is all electronic. It doesn't involve any hydraulics. Everything moves by electronic impulses. And it's a lot lighter. It uses a lot less wiring. And it's 
very, it's a lot easier to program and reprogram, and it allows for a lot more um, variety in the motions that can be made. The motors are nearly silent. You can't hear a thing, whereas those old hydraulics, if you go into the old attractions, you hear, like in the Tiki Room, all you hear is, uh -huh. psh, psh, the whole time. <laughs> so, in, uh, they've, they've already done several figures in this system. The new Lincoln figure that they've had since 2009 at Disneyland, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln, is a um, A1000. The Enchanted Tales with Belle uses these. Frozen Ever After, you know, the amazing Anna and Elsa figurines in there, those are all A1000s. And of course, the Navi River Journey, the, um, that uh, woman. Shaman. Yeah, playing the mm -hmm. drums. And the Rocket Raccoon in Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. Those are examples. So all of the figures in this new land are going to be the A1000 type. Um, and um, it, it, it cuts the amount of cables, so you can place things more interactive with the guests. You don't have to worry about hiding cables so much. and disguising you know the wiring and everything it just makes it a lot more able to stage it differently and more flexible flexibility in how it's arranged and everything so that's good um and there's gonna be a uh, several standouts in this cast of animatronics and we wanted to go through some of them with you here so first and foremost the most sophisticated of all the animatronics in this land and it's being called the second most sophisticated AA since the shaman in the Navi River Journey which is still going to be the most sophisticated but this yeah. guy here whose name is Hondo Anaka which we mentioned earlier he's going to be in the queue area of the Smuggler's Run um, well we have a little video that shows him so let's watch that real quick So this guy here is going to be the most sophisticated AA in the new land. And we talked about him earlier. He's based on a character from what was the animated series, Ruthie? It's Star Wars Rebels. Right. So in that series, it takes place 30 years or so earlier than this. So they add wrinkles, added wrinkles to him. So this is, he fits the correct time frame. It's the same person, but many years later. And I guess he's somehow involved with the company that the Millennium Falcon does its smuggling for. So I guess he's sort of the head honcho, I'm guessing, of that company. Is that safe the to Chewy, assume, Chewy, Yeah, Chewie lended the Falcon to him. 
I think is the storyline or something okay. to that effect. Yeah, I'm not the best person to ask for canon information about the <laughs> Star Wars universe. So anything I say is probably a guess. So tell us, Ruthie, some of the fun things about this uh, figure. Well, the cool thing is, I mean, this is crazy, but he's seven feet tall. I mean, oh, that is yeah. amazing. He's not human. He's, these, his species, they're, they run taller than the human being species. <laughs> right. Do you know how tall Chewie is? Oh, yeah, he's tall. I mean, because he's got to be over that. Yeah, he's like seven and a half feet tall. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's basketball player size. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, at least. Yeah. So um, this figure is, has it has 50 functions, like different movements and things Available like that. movements, yeah. Yeah, and it's the most complicated since the Navi Shaman. Right. And um, 40 function in its face alone. So when you experience this audio animatronic, it's going to seem like it's real. And I think that... I'm hoping that we'll actually be able to get closer to this audio animatronic than we actually do the shaman. Because you oh, know, yeah, and then I'm also sure you will. on that attraction, you kind of speed by the shaman, so you don't really you don't get, get to a see full all the experience. Details. Yeah, yeah. This you'll be standing in line, so you'll have plenty of time. And I think he's going to be delivering some sort of a speech, or you know, delivering dialogue and interacting. You know. Yeah. So we're well, also going to. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're also gonna have the return of an old friend. Yes. And this is gonna be something at Oga's Cantina. Um, so this is actually um, RX20. Well, his full name is DJR-3X, also classified as RX-24, or uh, for short, Captain Rex. And for 25 years, he was the pilot of the original Star Tours. And for 25 years, it was his first flight. (laughs) (laughs) He's still getting used to his programming. (laughs) Yeah, it took him 25 years, but he finally got used to it. Um, So he retired, and he's now the DJ at Oga's Cantina. So they're going to be playing a whole bunch of fun music. I have no idea what it's going to be. I'm assuming it's sort of going to be like the Cantina Band from A New Hope. You know, do, 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 do. I'm sure that song will be part of it. Yeah. But I guess they asked a bunch of artists from around the world to compose original music, and it's all going to be sort of a synthy, 80s, poppy type music. So that'll be fun. It's funny. Awesome. So his retirement job is he became a glorified iPod, basically. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm understanding. Right. Yes. And I'm sure it's going to be like, it's going to be like the um, Cosmic Rays 2.0, right. basically. It's going to be like an ongoing show and he'll tell jokes. And I'm pretty sure Paul Rubens was asked to come oh, back and He better and be, he better do the be voice. that voice. <laughs> yeah. So it's going to be all new dialogue by Paul Rubens. I'm guessing. I'm pretty yeah. certain. That, why wouldn't it, it has be? To be? Yeah, exactly. So I'm. You know. So apparently he's gonna have a three-hour cycle of music too. So Chris, uh, you, you're gonna get your hands on that, right? I don't know. <laughs> unless I, I wouldn't come be surprised if he already has it. I know, right? <laughs> well, I have right. the one song. Do 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 do. 
I have that. <laughs> but I don't know about the rest. So the next fun character is going to be the proprietor of one of the gift shops. And he'll be in there talking. Now, Ruth and I were talking about this earlier. And I think the, the, offic well, it, the official name of this character is Doc Ondar. But I had this figure when I was a little boy. I had a bunch of the Star Wars action figures. I'm right at that age when, you know, they came out with them. I had the original run of them, the Kenner action figures. So I had this one, and his name was Hammerhead. So I think that's like his, his nickname, this character's Hammerhead. And he was in A New Hope. I think he was one of the... Wasn't he one of the people in the cantina, Ruthie? Or? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So, and I think he has this little robot that flies around him. And I don't know for sure, but I think this is going to... Somehow it'll be connected to a wire or something, but it'll look like it's flying around. And he's basically going to sort of watch you and make sure you don't um, steal... You don't shoplift while you're shopping in this gift shop. And I'm sure he'll talk and say things. And he looks kind of, he might be a little intimidating and creepy. I, that's the vibe I get from this character. I couldn't find any um, actual images of the of the AA figure, but this is a, a artist's rendering of what he'll look like. So the next... Uh, character we mentioned he's going to be part of the rise of the resistance attraction and what how do you say his name this is sort of a hard one is the n silent it's spelled n-i-e-n-n-u-n-b any star wars geeks out there feel free to correct me yes but I definitely recognize him from the original trilogy. When I yeah. looked up a picture of him, I could tell, you know, I've seen this character before. So he'll be um, one of the big AAs. And then this one's fun. This is just an <laughs> artist rendering, but uh, in A New Hope, they fall down the garbage chute. Remember that scene? And they're just kind of chilling in there for a while. And then all of a sudden, this disgusting, creepy creature comes out and attacks them, tries to eat them. And this is called the Dianoga Beast. And you don't really ever get to see his full body, but this is an right. artist's rendering of his... Mainly, you just see the little eye that's on a some sort of a weird appendage. But... They're somehow going to... I don't exactly understand. I mean, maybe you understood it better than I did, Ruthie. But it's somehow going to be um, involved in a, a water feature or a fountain or something that that's going to be in the land. Yeah. It says, like, cameo inside of a water fountain. So to me, so just like how there was, like, water in that creepy. trash chute that, and the eye popped out, I, that's what I feel like it's going to be. I'm not going to like that. I know, and it's going to be surprising people. Yeah, so people I don't, are going to be like sitting by this fountain and all of a sudden this eye is going to pop out and they're going to freak out. Yeah, I don't care for that. <laughs> I'm staying away from that fountain. <laughs> I think it'll occasionally reach out and like drag you under the water. Yeah, right. it'll, it'll try to Maybe. eat. It'll eat babies. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Take them out of their strollers. <laughs> So in addition to these characters, there'll be lots of less sophisticated characters throughout the whole land. And there's going to be a lot of droids and things inside. 
the droid shop and we'll talk about that in a minute when we get into the shopping but before we do that we're going to talk a little bit about the costuming as a project manager i get to work on all of the new costume designs that come to the disneyland resort one of my main goals is to keep every project on schedule and on budget so my main project right now is star wars galaxy's edge i've been working on this project for over two years now I work very closely with our costume designers. It's very important that we try our samples on multiple cast members of different sizes so that we can make sure the sizes that we're making are accurate with what we need. And I want the costumes to be the best costumes that we could possibly have with all of the best details. Along with that, I feel like I'm an advocate for the cast. I want all of my costumes to be the most functional and the most comfortable costumes with like the very best fabrics that we could get so that our cast members feel happy and comfortable. We're actually introducing a lot of new fabrics that we do not normally have in operational costumes. It's very important to us to have costumes that were very comfortable um, and that could be worn year-round with comfort. Most of our fabrics have wicking technology so that they will keep our cast members cool and dry. And on top of that, everything was inspired from a movie or from someone's costume. They definitely relate back to the story of Star Wars. To see any of these projects come to life, you know, the first time we have fittings with our cast members, it is very rewarding. Some other projects that I've worked on are Guardians of the Galaxy. It was like an opening to what we later did for Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which expanded upon all of those successes and learnings. I really love walking through the park. There's always something that I see that makes me smile, and knowing that I'm a part of that bigger picture is, is, is very rewarding. So, as a former cast member, I have to say I am very jealous. My costumes <laughs> were not nearly this cool. And I worked on Star Tours. Our costume back then, I know they've changed it, but back when I worked on it, it was an orange jumpsuit. It was the ugliest thing ever. <laughs> it was the, t the shirt and the trousers were orange. It was just orange. And I was out in the Florida sun... So I was orange. So I looked like a walking piece of. Fruit. Like you were ready to go pick up trash on the side of the road. Um, right. After your I, shift. I looked like a walking piece of fruit and an ex-convict. Yeah. Or a convict, <laughs> like a prison. Yeah. Exactly. All I needed was a number on my back, and there we go. Anyway, I'm jealous because I would wear a lot of this in real life like I mean, it's pretty nice stuff here i mean not all of it but some of it i would definitely and i you know the thing is right when i was working there they started a whole program where they were letting people take their costumes home and wash them themselves if they wanted to and come to work in costume which was a brand new thing and now i know they do that still i'm wondering if they're not going to allow people to take home to these take costumes because yeah. these look pretty people are going to want to steal these right. for sure and fans are going to pay big bucks for this yeah so it, like it, that secondary ebay market again yeah well this would oh, probably have to go on the dark web not sell their stuff on this would have exactly <laughs> this is dark web stuff here yeah <laughs> <laughs> the dark side of the web yeah so right. Here's a little overview of a bunch of the different looks they have. And I guess there's, what did they say, 50, 
20 different looks. 20 different costume looks. And the other thing that's fun is they let you kind of mix and match. I don't think so much if you're working on the attractions, which are a little more rigid in, in, in their specific looks. But if you're just a person walking around the land, mm -hmm. a villager they're calling it, you get to mix and match whatever you want. Yeah. Which is fun. I love that. Yeah, that is. So, um, and you, they sort of want to encourage people to create a character that mm -hmm. the cast members, so that can feed into that whole, this is my character, this is what my character looks like, and all that fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So, um, these are some of the food service costumes, which are sort of set up so they work sort of like aprons, but they're sort of yeah. disguised as clothes. These are what people will be wearing in the um, cantina specifically. So, a lot of fun looks there. I love the pants. I would steal these pants. Like, I love the pockets <laughs> and everything. I always was a cargo. I know it's out of style now, but I still haven't given up on my cargo pants. I still like cargo <laughs> pants. So, I'm into that. So, um, uh, the um, Smuggler's Run has a specific look and so i guess if you're working on that attraction you have to sort of wear this specific but I, uh, maybe you do get to mix and match a little bit because it looks like here they sort of mixed and matched yeah under different the vest, shirts but you still yeah have to wear the you vest. still have to wear the vest and the hat but mm -hmm. and i love those pleats and the leg you see on the woman's costume it's got like those pleats can you see pleats on her are leg? the worst <laughs> no i well no i mean i well you probably won't have to iron them so what do you care I mean, you, yeah they're gonna yeah. be maintained for you so anyway i just think that looks cool it's a little a added flourish mm. detail i love oh that. i see what you're talking about actually on the yeah leg, not, not the on top. the no not right. on the waist like right this right. is this is more you know of a yeah. detail yeah i love that yeah. So then this is what they're going to wear on um, Rise of the Resistance. And there's two costumes because you got the good guys, which are the ones in brown. And then the bad guys, the ones in the gray. Mm -hmm. So you've got, I guess it's different points. They need to have yeah. different You characters. interact with different people, yeah. Yeah, so they need to have two sets of costumes. Now these look pretty rigid. Mm, like yeah. I don't think there's a lot of leeway on these. No. And then one really fun thing is the name tags, which they're going to have these special name tags with your name, and then underneath it's going to be translated. What is it translated into? Bat? Is it? It's Arabesh. Arabesh, which is one of those Star Wars languages. So <laughs> it's crazy to think that they invented whole languages for these different stories. They did that with Star Trek, too. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to see how good Ruthie is at pronouncing all these things <laughs> i know well she she's sort of a star wars geek herself so yeah yeah anyways <laughs> now when i worked on star tours we had special name tags too they looked like the regular name tags but all of the other people i don't know if they still do this but back then they used to put your hometown uh -huh. under your name like if you were from atlanta georgia it would have chris atlanta georgia underneath but when you worked on star tours they did it diff the only attraction they did this with you had to pick a planet mm. from the star wars universe and it would say you were from that planet oh, that's right. awesome so i picked dagobah as my planet <laughs> i felt you're from the swamp <laughs> yeah i felt like that was the most appropriate land for me to be from <laughs> 
I still have that name tag too. I bet you it's oh, collectible. Yeah. yeah. I have two a of them. pin right there. I I have two of them because I mm -hmm. pretended to lose it once. Oh, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so um, and then they have special costumes, of course, for just the general citizens of the land. And again, you can definitely mix and match these costumes at your discretion. I mean, probably not so much these weird looking hats, but I would definitely like wear <laughs> those like vests and I like the shirts and the little scarves and yeah. like that guy, the second one over next mm -hmm. to the guy in the weird hat. I would wear that <laughs> outfit. Maybe not. Maybe I'd take the scarf out, but I would definitely wear that. I mean, I yeah. think that looks nice. I mean, no, if for modern, is, yeah, contemporary clothing, I think right. it looks nice. It's styled to fit the Star Wars land, but it's still like contemporary and pe and something that people would want to wear. And the cast is gonna love it. Like they're gonna right. really enjoy it. In fact, they had a whole event with the cast where they modeled them on the yeah, um, Tomorrowland like Terrace. Show. They had mm -hmm. a little fashion show. Yeah, a lot of fun. So the next story we're gonna talk about is the shopping it's a lot of shopping yes a lot of fun oh yeah ideas for this now this is sort of a lo you're looking at sort of a, a general it's gonna be sort of like a bazaar or a marketplace it's gonna be influenced by the middle east you know but it's mm -hmm. gonna be you know definitely this planet that you're on from the star wars universe but you can definitely tell it's inspired by like a an arabian type marketplace um so they mention uh, uh, there's a lot of shops and they're very yeah. specific in what merchandise they carry and they're also very the merchandise is like exclusive to these land to this land and to these shops and you're not right. going to find like t-shirts and and baseball hats and and you know hoodies and things like that it's it's all going to be themed merchandise. We'll wait and see how long that lasts. Right, I was going to say, <laughs> at least in the beginning. <laughs> Maybe for the first year. Eventually, I'm sure they're going to, merchandising is going to sort of we weasel their way in. And, you know, the buttons are going to show up very shortly in the t-shirts. Anyway, we're going to talk about a bunch of these shops right now. First one we want to mention is called the Droid Depot. And this is sort of Build-A-Bear, but you get to build your own droid. Um, you can buy pre-built droids, or you can assemble your own. And um, I guess Rex is going to play music here, too, on your smartphone. So as you're going through the this shop, you can play... So that's basically what, with the app. Yeah, so you can play the music while you're waiting for your your droid to be built. So this is what the shop is going to look like. And then here's some of the merchandise that you can buy. It looks like they got some BB-8s and it looks like Rex and R2-D2 is there. And So you can create your own droid. That sounds like a lot of fun. That's going to be really popular. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, and these droids interact with the whole world, like the whole land. 
so yeah, you can they drive move them and the they're land. not just a static thing. They're actually programmed and they right. move and everything. Yeah. So and they'll interact with each other. So if you're, you know, your family buys a couple of droids, they'll interact with each other. They'll interact with the land, and it's this is going to be huge. This is your, you know, just like you have banshees for Pandora. Right. This is mm-hmm. exactly what they have for Star Wars. Only there's another shop that's going to sell more right. banshee like well stuff. in one hand you'll have this droid and the other you'll, you'll have, have what your we're creature talk about next. yeah <laughs> so okay now speaking of popularity oh right. my goodness this is definitely a <laughs> a a for lack of a better word rip off of the the wand store in hogwarts yes. that this yep. is based on that idea yeah yeah but you're buying your own personalized lightsaber, and like the wand store, your wand, your your lightsaber sort of chooses you. Like they go through a whole like ceremony type. Well, not so much a ceremony, but like if you look at the picture, there's gonna be this guy that kind of like helps you pick out the ideal lightsaber for whatever your needs and personality is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have different... What are the different ones that they're going to Okay, have? so there's four. Four options to choose from. Right. So what this is... So each lightsaber is quote-unquote powered by a kyber crystal. And mm-hmm. then there's four options to choose from. So the first one is Peace Justice. So this is modeled after Jedi from the Republic era. So that's old school right there. Yeah. Power Control modeled after the Sith. So that's also the old school. That's like Darth Vader. Yeah. Elemental nature, harnessing air, earth, fire, and water, using more natural materials in the hilt, like Rancor Tooth or s- Sacred Wood. Mm. And then defense, more ancient and archaic versions, sort of medieval like Kylo Ren's saber. Interesting. Right. And then the light source will be different colors too. Yeah, so, so there's red, have... blue, green, and purple, just like we've seen in, in the right. movies. So, the guess is these are going to be well over $100. And these aren't your plastic lightsabers that these you are can, metal. like, push right. down and things like that. Yeah. These, these, yes, these are very, yeah. very well worth the money. Like, if they're going to be over $100, it's going to be because it's worth it. Yeah, and it's going to be very uh, authentic. Yeah, the, I, from what I heard, the hilt is actually, or, like, the actual lightsaber part is not going to be go down. Yeah. Oh, it isn't. Yeah, you have that's to pay what I... for it. Se- I think you have to pay for it separately. Too, separately, don't you? yeah. Well, no. I mean, you know how those plastic ones you can push it and it kind of goes inside the handle. Yeah, it's like right. yeah. You can't do that. You have to take it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to unscrew to... it. Right. Exactly. It's built to almost be like a presentation piece on your desk or something. Right. Like yeah. That in some aspects. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure if if lightsabers actually did exist, I would cut myself within the first 30 seconds of owning right. mine. So um, so this is probably about as close to the real thing as I want to get for myself. Right. right. You want to keep your limbs, right? Right, yes. I, yeah, I mean, I cut course. myself on lightsabers, so I found okay. <laughs> Lifesavers. So anyway. Lifesavers, the candy? Yeah, the candy, specific, specifically the cherry ones. They're really yeah. like sharp edges. So, <laughs> I don't know why I said that. <laughs> anyway, 
Now this shop is really interesting. This is called, this is that character we showed you earlier. The Hammerhead, Doc Ondar's Den of Antiquities. This is what it's gonna look like. Now it's really hard to tell, but if you squint and look really closely on the left side behind the counter, you, you can see Doc uh, Ondar standing behind the counter. And I guess it's gonna yell at you and stuff while you're shopping. I think um, nobody's going to shop in this store. They're just going to go around this yeah, animatronic. Yeah, it's going to be more of an attraction, especially yeah. when you look at the merchandise, because I'm not particularly... I mean, it looks like fun stuff to look at in a shop, but I wouldn't want any of this in my house. <laughs> That's just I mean, you, though, Chris. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I like the Academy Award statues. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get one of those for you, and it's going to say engraved, best co a podcast co-host. <laughs> <laughs> so here's some of the merchandise you're looking at, and it just seems very specific to this shop and not yeah. really something you would find anywhere else. And I'm sure major fans will be into this stuff, but... I mean, I'd rather have a nice vase with flowers. Just, you know, I don't want a Yoda head in bronze <laughs> on my piano. <laughs> but that's just me. Somebody out there does. These look pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I would, I could see somebody, like, putting this on their desk at work. Is this like or... a puzzle or something? Does it do something? I'm curious. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. It looks interesting. They're pretty. Mm -hmm. But again, this is not like typical Disney gift shop stuff. This is very, right. this was all designed specifically for this, which is really, because this is what they used to do. Right. Like back in the day. You know, remember when they had the the um, one-of-a-kind gift shop and mm -hmm. it was all these crazy antiques that nobody ever bought. It was more just the experience. It was more of just another attraction than a gift shop. Right. And they didn't really care if anybody bought anything just mm -hmm. part of the ambiance but it looks like they're sort of going back to that which gives me a little gives me a new hope <laughs> so. um, pun intended yeah well it'll be interesting to see one thing at pandora for example when they opened and there was all the stuff with the little banshees mm -hmm. um there was that was the only thing in the entire park throughout the entire resort that an annual pass holder could not use their their twenty percent merchandise discount on. It was the ah. only item, only merchandise yeah. item. So it'll it'll be interesting to see here if they do that same kind of thing. And I think the reason they do that is in order to stop that secondary eBay market yeah. of people buying them at twenty percent discount, and taking them back, them. listing them on eBay, mm -hmm. you know, and getting uh marking it up twenty percent plus, make you know, so it decreases yeah. that yeah. eBay profit margin. So that'll be interesting to see how they they rule yeah. in that I'm curious aspect. to see what happens with this stuff if how quickly it ends up on eBay <laughs> yeah I don't I'm think you're gonna get the discount on your lightsaber yeah yeah probably not yeah. yeah so this shop we're looking at is sort of reminds me more of the banshee than than the robot even though the robot has similarities the droid shop has similarities mm -hmm. but this is one where you're gonna you know create or buy creatures and um, I guess they're going to move or be puppets somehow and do different things. Now, some of these in this picture just look like out-and-out -out stuffed animals. 
Mm -hmm. Some of them do look more like creatures, especially that frog on the left or on the right. And there's yeah. a weird, like, octopus eyeball character up there. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But I don't know. Maybe they are going to interact and move. I'm not exactly sure. It they says look... some some of them will have some action. Yeah. And these are so not supposed to be stuffed animals. These are supposed to be pets for adopting. Well, you know, cabbage <laughs> patch kids were supposed to be this adopted too, and they were right. just glorified baby dolls. So. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's called marketing strategy. Yes. So I'm sure this is going to be a popular spot for the little ones. It's a whole toy store. Yep. And it's called Toy Darien Toy Maker, but I don't think they're going to sell what you typically would find in what is a Disney toy store. No princess merchandise, uh, no Barbie dolls, no pirate swords, plastic pirate stuff. It's all going to be themed, and I, took, I grabbed a couple of images here to share of some of the dolls, and they're very unique, and they look almost like they were handcrafted, you know? Mm -hmm. Like yeah. the kind of thing they would sell in a toy shop that everything is handmade, even though I'm sure it isn't going to be handmade. It just has that look. So they have a lot of these cute little dolls that are stylized, but they're characters from the film. And then they're gonna, they also mentioned they're gonna sell instruments. And here's some of the mm -hmm. instruments. There's a little drum here and I, what looks sort of like mariachis. Mm -hmm. So that'll be a like lot a, of fun. A wind up toy there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I wonder if that little box is a Jack in the Box or something. Mm -hmm. So in addition Ooh. to all that merchandise, did you have something you wanted to add, Ruthie? Yeah, I just wanted to say, like, the one cool thing, at least about these stalls in the marketplace, it seems like there's a backstory even to these shops. Even to the shops, Like, they yeah, have, they absolutely. list different owners. Yeah. And, you know, how they're going to incorporate their, their shop into the world of Batu. Yeah, let's see how long that lasts. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's why you want to go there when it opens to experience that stuff. Because, yeah, we don't know how long it'll be. So a place where you will be able to buy a little bit more traditional gift shopping type stuff is this resistance supply. And it's going to have some badges and hats and pins and, you know, smaller, less expensive type uh uh, trinkets and souvenirs, but I still feel that it's going to be very themed and not like the typical thing you would find in other similar stores. Yeah, and a big part of this land is going to be the guest interaction, and I feel like they really want to encourage you to dress the part. Yeah. So a lot of these shops are going to have uh, costumes and different outfits that correspond with the land. Especially the people that are going to stay at the future Star Wars hotel. Hotel. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're definitely going to want to pick up an outfit or two. And, and we, we talked about this a little bit prior to the show. Is It's kind of an interesting shift from, you know, a lot of the, like some of the Disney policy in that you cannot dress up like a princess or a specific princess if yeah. you're over the age of 12. And so this, this is interesting how they will... Um, you know how they're allowing this it seems and uh, yeah. I'm curious you know if you go dressed up if someone will ask you where the restroom is three times because they assume you work there or something like That's that it'd be interesting happen. to see 
Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting. Uh, kind of like wearing a, a blue polo to Best Buy and you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So it'll be <laughs> right. interesting to see what happens. Have you ever been at a at a store and just shopping and just wearing what you normally wear? Oh, and yeah. somebody will walk up to you and think you work there. Yes, <laughs> that's happened. I used to, to work too. at Indiana or Indiana University, and, and our colors were red, and we'd wear khakis and a red polo. And I'd swing by Target after after work, and oh. you know, and then get asked, you know, where something was located all the time, like probably yeah, yeah more times I can count. That's I was funny. gonna say, don't wear a red shirt at Target. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, don't wear an orange shirt to Star Tours. <laughs> so there's going to be two places you can buy outfits and uh, basically we didn't mention this yet but the general feeling I have and I think it's been mentioned here and there the land is going to sort of be split up into two areas one area is going to be the first order where they hang out the where the, the, the bad guys hang out and then the other side is going to be the resistance where the good guys hang out and I think that the Millennium Falcon attraction is going to be in the resistance area and then the um the other attraction and i can't i already can't remember what it's called what's it called millennium falcon smuggler's smuggler no the Rome. other one. Oh, rise of the resistance that's going to be in the first order <laughs> uh section so two attractions and then there's going to be sh shopping in both and so you've got the mm -hmm. the bad guy um shop which is this first order cargo where you can buy your bad guy costumes and then the good guy costumes is going to be in this black spire outfitters when here's the good guys costumes so the I'm one not sure that i like this good guy bad guy i mean maybe they're just misunderstood chris i mean you know this is <laughs> i don't know the whole the whole choking that darth vader did that kind of rubs me the wrong way tell was... me that there's not been some people in your life that you just wanted to reach out and choke i mean you know, <laughs> come on <laughs> so anyway didn't have the force it there looks like exactly. exactly it looks like they have sort of a uh, you know they have more every day where yeah. which sort of a star wars a hint of star wars to it and then on the other side of this image you got the definite like you're cosplaying at this point yes i'm obi-wan cloak yeah right <laughs> i wouldn't mind that out that i like well i don't like that color the orange, orange. <laughs> yeah but i like the the those pants are kind of a dark mustard i like that color and i would wear that 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 pullover or whatever it is that jacket if it was a different color for sure so what's the trend ruthie that they have now where you you kind of dress up in the theme of let's say like a disney princess but you're not dressing up in a costume what is that called disney bounding Bound, yeah uh yeah i that's kind of how i see some of that maybe uh, yeah that's more the, disney bounding on yeah. on the yeah. left and then on the right you're I mean, other ways. Strike that. Reverse that. No, on the left. I'm bad with left and right. Uh, the on the left, the you're on the left. You're Disney bounding. On the right, you're beyond bounding. Costume. Yeah. You're, costume, you're yeah. into it. Yeah. So, that's that's the shopping. And our the final thing we want to talk about is my favorite subject, food. This is why I put it at the end. <laughs> <laughs> 
Otherwise, we'll get hungry while we're podcasting. I know, right? <laughs> we gotta end on the food. <laughs> so the first, the first, uh, the, kind of the place everyone is talking about and everyone's excited about is the cantina, Oga's Cantina. But it's definitely influenced by the cantina from the, you know, from A New Hope. Yeah. Um, they're just like kind of retheming it a little bit to give them an excuse to put it here on this other mm-hmm. planet. But it's yeah. definitely going to be just like the one from A New Hope. But anyway, here's a picture that I'm sure everybody's seen of yeah. of the bar and everything. And this is the first time, at least in uh, Disneyland Park, I mean, they have in California Adventure, but this is the first time in specifically Dis- the original Disneyland they're going to serve alcohol, mm-hmm. which is kind of a controversial topic that we have talked about, so there's yes. no need <laughs> to go into it again. But... Regardless, here are what you'll be getting. Here's some of the drinks. Everything's themed. So we've got some non-alcoholic drinks and some alcoholic drinks. Yeah. Now, what confuses me is that one on the picture on the right, bottom right, it's kind of blue and it looks like it has a bagel on t- What's the bagel? <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Why is there a bagel on my drink? It's a breakfast <laughs> beverage, Chris. <laughs> and the one next to it has a dog biscuit on it. Yeah, like a bone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll be ordering that one. Oh, I think the, the two above it are non-alcoholic. They look non-alcoholic and they look delicious. One, one looks sort of raspberry. Um, and then one Another looks... Another one's kind of like mango. Mango, yeah. Now, the names don't really... I couldn't really figure out what these names are to the drinks being shown. It's not really that... The names are a little vague, so it's hard to tell exactly what we're looking at, but I'll go through some of the names because they're fun, and I probably will yeah. mispronounce half of this, but... The Bespin Fizz... The Bloody Rancor, the Dagobah Slug Slinger. That's what you're getting. <laughs> probably, unless there's actual slugs on it, yeah. I probably will pass. The Fuzzy Tauntaun. <laughs> the Jedi Mind Trick. What oh, is that? I want to try it's that. It's probably potent. It's, yeah. it's probably strong. After you drink it, you can't remember which droids you were Where looking you? for. Where are you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jet Juice, The Outer Rim, these names are so funny, uh, Spir- Spryran Calf, T-16 Skyhopper, and the Yub Nub. Isn't that like something that one, one of the characters <laughs> say? Yub Nub, Yub Nub. Isn't that That's like the Ewoks. Ewoks, yeah. Okay, so non-alcoholic are Black Spire Brew, uh, Blue Bantha, that sounds Car- like the milk. Yeah, but the milk is something else we're going to talk about. I know. Carbon Freeze, Cliff Dweller, Hyperdrive Punch It! <laughs> With an exclamation point. This one's funny because it's a, it's a play on Java Juice. Java Juice. <laughs> that sounds gross, though. <laughs> yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Morgan T. And Tyron T. Tyreen T. Yeah, Are those characters from the movies? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, so... That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It looks fun. The green, the green drink there, 
Yeah, uh, that weird shape. It, it looks glass. like it almost got bulba balls in there. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite drinks in the new Pandora era they came out with was this kind of slushy drink and it had bulba in it. And they give you a straw that's like extra large so that you can suck up these cool balls, little balls. And uh, oh, I, I love that the drinks. Is, drinks are neat. That is literally the best drink. I love oh, yeah. that drink. I love the ones that are smoking. I wonder yeah. What's in yeah. <laughs> Probably dry ice or something. <laughs> so the next sh- or next shop, the next restaurant or eating establishment we want to talk about is probably going to be... Now, originally they had said they were going to have a sit-down service restaurant, but I think they phased that out over time. They're not going to have a sit-down restaurant anymore. But this is going to be the main eatery, and it's called uh, Docking Bay Sa- Savin? Docking Bay 7 food and cargo and this is sort of an overview of what it looks like and it looks like they're going to have walk-up windows it sort of reminds me of the setup of suns uh what used what well, i don't forget what it's called it used to be called sunshine seasons food fair in the land pavilion it sort mm-hmm. of reminds me of that it's gonna have this big eating space in the middle and then it'll have windows on one side where you walk up and order your food i think that's going to be sort of the setup but the interesting thing i mean it does look the theming looks terrific but the interesting theme is what they're offering because everything looks like alien food from Mm -hmm. it's real food that we eat it's not anything crazy really there's not everything Mm -hmm. sounds very edible and delicious but looking at it it looks very bizarre and alien like and the names are weird too and the names are Mm -hmm. weird too so let's go through the first four, I have them pictured in order here. I had to, actually, when I set this up, I had to figure out what was what because it was difficult to match up the description with the with the image. So, the first image on, on the top left is a braised shack roast featuring, now, I mean, it looks bizarre, but it sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. So, braised shack roast, is it shack or shock? I think it's shack. I think shack. it's shack. Yeah. Bray shack roast, which I think is a beef type of yeah. thing. Mm-hmm. Featuring beef pot roast with uh, cavatelli pasta, kale, and mushrooms. Now, I don't do mushrooms, but other than that, it sounds delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, does it say what the name of it is? I don't... I think it's the Bray shack roast is the name. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. So the next one is called Fried Andorian Tip-Yip. And what this is, this is on the top right. This is a plant-based kefta. Oh, no, I'm reading the wrong wrong line. That's the next one. (laughs) A decadent chicken dish with roasted vegetable mash and herb gravy. So it looks like that is actually a piece of chicken that's been breaded and fried and cut into a, a rectangle for some odd reason. But still, I'd eat that. Uh, <laughs> the next one is a uh, Felucian Garden Spread. So this is a plant-based kefta meatball dish with herb, hummus, and tomato cucumber relish served on pita bread. I'm getting hungry. You're right for saying this to the university. <laughs> this next one looks... I can't believe this is not a real beef dish because it looks like real beef and I had I had to really figure out that this was the right one and the only way I could figure it out is by comparing the other descriptions to all the other entrees 
and I had to sort of like settle this must be that because mm -hmm. it looks like real beef. So it's a garden. It's called the Thorian Garden Loaf. Loaf. <laughs> we just did that one. Oh. Oh no, you're right. No, no, no. You're right. No. A plant-based meatloaf dish served with roasted vegetable mash, seasonal vegetables, wow. and mushroom sauce. Those carrots with the little dibs on the end look so mm -hmm. good. And those those green beans with the butter all over. Oh, God. I'm hungry. Yeah, that looks like it's beef. It's not. It's it's huh. uh, beef, it's, it's beef substitute. It's vegetarian. Mm. Vegetarian. Yeah, okay, good. so here's four more dishes. We actually have pictures of all the different eight entrees they, they're going to offer. The next one is called Smoked Kadu Ribs. This is featuring smoked country stick pork ribs with a blueberry corn muffin and cabbage slaw. Now, I've never mm. really thought of eating a, corn, a blueberry muffin with ribs, but maybe it's... I don't... I wouldn't be adverse to it. I'd be okay yeah. with mm -hmm. it. I just never thought of that combination but i can see it mm -hmm. uh the next like one a sweet is, barbecue flavor you know sweetness yeah. with the, the ribs mm -hmm. yeah the, right so the next one's a fish dish oven roasted burra fish featuring dijon crusted sustainable fish with mixed greens i don't know if i want to eat something that's sustainable will my body not <laughs> be able to break it down and digest it <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I know they're saying it's it's yeah it's humane more yes. humane than others. Humanely raised, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, roasted vegetables, quinoa, and pumpkin seeds with a creamy green curry ranch dressing. I think that is this is probably what I would order. I think that sounds really good. Yeah, I love that. Oven roasted tip yip. Now they're calling it tip yip because chicken doesn't exist in the Star Wars universe, so they're saying this is not chicken. It's actually a another animal that lives in this universe so but it is chicken featuring roasted chicken <laughs> with mixed greens roasted vegetables quinoa oh i already read that one no what no it they has both the same that oh yeah. and a green so like curry a fish ring. version and then they've a got chicken the fish and, well i probably get the fish version mm -hmm. yeah the fish sounds good it's just to go to show that even in the star wars universe everything tastes like chicken <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably, if I was hungry enough, I might get this with the fish mm -hmm. as the my next app, one. as my first course. Yeah, the Yobi shrimp noodle salad, a marinated noodle salad, noodie, <laughs> noodie salad. Ooh. Whoa! <laughs> <Keep> <laughs> noodle salad, I know, right? noodle salad with chilled <laughs> shrimp. And if you go into the back room, they'll give you for the adults only. They'll give you the noodie salad. <laughs> noodie salad. <laughs> <laughs> now we have some. Uh, there's. You know, we know that the kids are going to take one look at this and be like, no, no way. Yeah. So they do have a kid's menu with tradition. They're going to have fried chicken, mac and cheese and all that stuff. It's probably going to look like fried chicken and mac and cheese. So, yeah. <laughs> but then they're going to have a um, dessert menu as well. And we have some pictures of that. And it looks very sort of reminds me of like the kind of dessert you find in like one of those fit Gordon Ramsay type places. Yeah. It's very mm -hmm. like trendy. Very the, trendy, yeah. With the you know the stream of the sauce and all that, mm -hmm. and it's a tiny little nibbit 
I mean, my desserts need to be bigger than that. I don't know about you, but that's not <laughs> enough dessert for me. I think they're probably a better size than they look in that picture. Probably you're getting, you know, it's the, you're not getting the full size of it. They look like little tiny dishes, but they're probably big dishes. Yeah, they're yeah. probably a little bit bigger. A lot of this really reminds me, and, you know, Pandora is, I keep yeah. coming back to it. Yeah, well, it's, it is it's a lot. alien like planet, you know. Yeah, it does remind and me of that. So some of this, and, you know, when they, the Satuli Canteen there, um, oh, yeah, I tell you, that place became one of our favorites because, it, you know, it's just, it's, it's fun to get something stuff. unique and different. Yeah, yeah, everywhere else it's burgers and Right, exactly. And you, want a, you want variety, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So this, what you're looking at here, there's two different desserts here. One, I think the one on the right is the raspberry cream puff with a mm. passion fruit mousse. So that that sauce that looks like honey mustard, that's actually passion fruit mousse. <laughs> orange colored stuff. Yeah. And then the one on the other side is a chocolate cake with white chocolate mousse and coffee custard. Oh my goodness. I'll have, <laughs> I'll have two of each. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just go there to get the, the desserts, right? <laughs> no, I'm gonna have everything, Ruthie. Trust me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just I for research purposes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was totally listening to another research. podcast, and I heard somebody who actually was there talking about the desserts, and yeah. she said that the raspberry cream puff was so good that she can't wait for Galaxy's Edge to open so she can go back and get that. Yeah. Where did she get to try it ahead of time? Yeah, she got to try it ahead of time. She was at like the press. She was. Oh, she's the a member press of the release. press. Yeah. Gotcha. So she was yeah. part of that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So the next place I've heard it compared to Bengal barbecue and sort of the type of offerings. This is called the Rontu Roasters. And it looks really cool. It looks like it has a big fire pit that is supposed to give you the idea they're actually roasting it. Well, they're probably cooking it in the microwave in the back, but No, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm I'm as, I'm being funny. They're not going to be yeah. microwaving it, but they'll have a cooking place in the back. This, I'm guessing, this is just for theming purposes. They're not actually going to cook on it. But mm. I don't think they're going to microwave stuff. I was just kidding when I said yeah. that. It was just a joke. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, again at Satuli, they've got an open. You can see the grill where they do a, a chicken roast rotary Maybe. thing or something. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it'll be functional, which would mm -hmm. be fun. It would add would to the be. whole theming, yeah. Well, supposedly, though, that barbecue pit is going to be manned by a droid oh, who is going to oh, be complaining about his job while he does this. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. So here's, uh, they've only put out one press photo of the offerings here. And these look sort of like tacos, but I think they're, um, they're pita bread that's been roasted yeah. with different ingredients inside. It looks like the first one's more of a, vet, a vegetarian, and the one in the middle looks like it has some sort of piece of sausage sticking out on one end. Yeah, and, they have grilled sausage. Yeah, they have all sorts pork. of different flavors of this, mm -hmm. and I'm sure they have many other offerings. And then there's a fruit punch here, which is probably gonna be offered there, non-alcoholic yeah. drink. The only place they're gonna serve alcohol is inside Olga, Oga's Cantina, I believe. Yeah, and you can't mm -hmm. leave. And you can't leave with, with an your alcoholic drink. drink. Right. There's no yeah. to-go service there. <laughs> yeah. 
So this is one the fans have been crying for, and yeah. this is the milk stand. And this, <laughs> and this is where you're going to get your blue milk and your green milk. <laughs> and it's... We really don't know exactly what to expect. Um, I did see... I saw it somewhere. I don't know if I read it while I was researching for the show, but they actually went to George Lucas and asked him, what is in blue milk? And he said, I leave it to you, the Imagineers. Come up with your own idea. In other words, I don't know. <laughs> you know, it's so random in the movie, too. It's almost yeah. like they're like, have them drink some blue something so that we can sell it in the parks later, you know? Right. Yeah, they thought all that way ahead. 40 from years 1977. ahead. Yeah. Right, right. The green is from the new movies, right? Yeah. That's right. That's right. It's the green. The yeah, blue is from the original. Yeah. yeah. Right. They probably did do the green so they could have... Do I wouldn't be surprised about that. that yeah. Let's do another mm -hmm. color milk so we can sell both in the parks eventually. Right. That Where I is he drinking the blue milk in the original ones? I'm trying Isn't to... Isn't it I like in it. some... I remember in the beginning it. when he's at the house with his aunt and uncle before oh, he leaves. Oh, that's right. Oh, the green okay, is, yeah. The green he was drinking it out of some sort of cantina thing he like no a, he milked milk something he yeah. milked a, oh. a bantha i guess yeah. well the bantha Ooh. i think the blue milk comes from the bantha i'm not exactly sure what the where the green milk there's some sort of a, a character or creature right. on the side of the mountain and he milks it milks it that's the scene that i'm like that's so random why yeah. did you yeah. throw that in there like you know because it's of like, this right probably exactly. yeah. so green milk later yeah i have a feeling it's probably going to like the green will be mint and the well, blue it says will... here. oh what it does says, it say um, so the blue milk is berry and melon flavor and the oh. green is lemon and citrus hmm. okay that makes sense well, and they're the made lemon... with rice milk so they're oh. not actually dairy mm. oh good which so i, I think is actually better because i don't want to drink a big glass of milk at disney right. yeah and i don't want to have to bring my um my lactate pills with right. me. <laughs> so this is better for everybody, you know, people who are, you know, dairy intolerant or things like that, they yeah, can still order it's this. Yeah, something everybody. And, if and this also, is going to be like And a also if you're vegan. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm -hmm. So I love that they do that in the parks now, that they cater to everybody, not just, right. you know, they have options yep. for all diets. Mm-hmm. So... The last thing we're going to talk about is a snack offering that they're going to have. It's a, uh, what's it called? Kettle. Oh, Cat's, Cat Saka's Kettle will be the name of the establishment. And what is the name of the food? It's Outpost Mix. Right. Now, this is basically popcorn with other stuff in it. Um, and I was, I, I don't know if I'm comfortable eating this because it looks sort of like alien dog food. <laughs> I don't know it, or it looks like it's gonna come alive and have eyeballs in it or something. I'm the, sure the head from that 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 water thing is gonna yeah pop up that water creature is gonna right. grab me from inside, but I'm sure that it's gonna have a very appetizing smell that's gonna mm -hmm. like make mm -hmm. me want to eat it. You'll probably be yeah. able to smell it from all around the area. Mm -hmm. So that is a rundown of our Star Wars. Uh, expectations wow. it's a lot to stomach literally <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and that's just what we know so far right right so i hope everybody enjoyed our little rundown of all the details for star wars galaxy's edge 
Ruthie. Where can everybody find Jiminy Crickets on the web? You can find all of our past shows, including audio versions of Dateline Jiminy Crickets, on our website, jcricketpodcast.blogspot.com. You can also listen to us on iTunes under the name Jiminy Crickets. That's with an exclamation point, and be sure to leave us a five-star review. On our YouTube channel, we share updates to the Disney Chris website, including the Disneyland Magical Audio Tour, as well as past episodes of the Jiminy Crickets podcast and Dateline Jiminy Crickets. You can find our channel if you search for DisneyChris.com. And remember, .com is spelled out D-O-T-C-O-M. You can also join in the conversation over on our Facebook page, Jiminy Crickets Podcast, where you can not only interact with Chris and me and all of the fellow cricketeers, but you can also stay up to date on all the latest details of our many worldwide web endeavors. If you would like to contact the show with any comments or questions, our email address is DisneyChris, D-O-T-C-O-M, at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. On Twitter, I'm at DisneyChris73. And on Facebook, Ruthie can be found under Ruthie Brown. And I am Chris Linden. That's spelled L-Y-N-D-O-N as in Lyndon Johnson. And I have a website called DisneyChris.com. Home to the Disneyland Magical Audio Tour. And the Disney Song of the Day, where I post a unique Disney song every day of the year. Now, on the Disneyland Magical Audio Tour, I want to mention that I am adding a brand new Star Wars chapter, which will be available by the time the new Star Wars Land opens. And I am going to give you sort of a sneak peek preview of that on April 1st, and it's no joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When I do my... um, I do a monthly update of the Disneyland Magical Audio Tour on this very YouTube channel. So look for my April 1st update, and I will share with you the new Star Wars chapter and all the things I'm going to be including on there. Now, if you would like to support all of our said worldwide web endeavors, you can do so via Patreon. Become a patron at uh, patreon.com slash disneychris and if you're not comfortable with patreon you can also donate through paypal and to find all of our donation options you can go to disneychris.com slash donate.html and if you do become a patreon uh, subscriber or a paypal supporter you can uh be on our closing credits of this show we share all the names of our patrons and we also send you some special exclusive music at least once a month if not more sometimes i send special added bonus music all stuff from my website and other things like that so be sure to check that out now mike where can everybody find you on the web well the best way to find us is really anywhere with our name. So just it's concierge again. That's C O N C I E A R S, like mouse ears. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, YouTube, Twitter, all that, all the places. All the places where your neighborhood social media is found. Absolutely. And especially just <laughs> at our website, uh, www.concierge.com. And let me just reiterate that if you are planning a Disney vacation, especially now with the whole Star Wars confusion, Mm -hmm. contact Concierge. 
Tell them Disney Chris sent you, and they will hook you up for real. It's completely free. Um, Disney pays them, not you. And they give you the exact same pricing Disney would give you if you booked your vacation yourself. But if you use concierge, they mm -hmm. do all the brain work, all the leg work, all the thinking. You just call them up, tell them what you want, and they make it happen. And it's completely free, and I am a satisfied customer. Ruthie's a satisfied customer. And we cannot, and I'm not just saying this, we cannot recommend them enough. He made my, I had some very specific requirements when I went to Disney World last year. And he made them happen, and I really had the time of my life. He made, and he, it wouldn't have been like that if it hadn't been for concierge. So I can't recommend them enough. Now I want to mention, again, we're involved with a website now called The Roarbots, a celebration of geek culture, and they have all sorts of stories and um, articles and other podcasts, all sort of in the family of geek culture, including. Star Wars, um, Lucas Films, comic books, Marvel, you know, everything and anything that's affiliated, Star Trek, everything geek culture, including Disney, and that's where we come in. All of our podcasts are now being um, shared on the Roarbots um, every week. The week we don't do a new podcast, we send them one of our um, Legacy are one of our past shows and they do sort of a best of Jiminy Cricket. So every Thursday there's a new show on the Roarbots. But of course you still be able to find us in all the places you've always found us. We haven't gone anywhere. We've just sort of added our presence to other places. So be sure to check out the Roarbots. It's, it's really nice and the people there are just terrific. Mm -hmm. uh, so Mike Michael, <laughs> Mr. Renfro, do you have any <laughs> final? I know no, you're is, excited about this part. This is my, the most stressful part of the entire, <laughs> the entire show for me. Is like, what, what do I say at the end? So, yeah, yeah, I know so this I'll time you, you came prepared. <laughs> I, did, I did. So I'm going to leave you with the parting thoughts of, of course, my favorite clothing designer, Edna Mode. And mm. when it comes to Star Wars Galaxy Trips, remember what she says. Luck favors the prepared darling oh yeah perfect and she probably designed all those costumes too <laughs> there's no capes so no right capes. no capes <laughs> but very odd looking hats yeah so <laughs> so ruthie do you have any final words rather than going with my usuals i'm gonna change it up today and i'm gonna right. say may the force be with you thanks for listening cricketeers and watching and always let your conscience be your guide. Now it's time to say goodbye to all our company. M-I-C. See you real soon. Why? Because we like you. Animal.